To all our sidekicks and hench folk out there in the Geek Nation, you're currently tuning in to the Cult Pop Podcast live stream, aka Spoiler Alert, episode 736, where we will review the week's comic books, as well as talk about fun pop culture topics for your listening and viewing pleasure. Last week, we took a Mother's Day break and missed you, but we're back today with a bloodthirsty and decidedly very violent vengeance. So lock up your pets, because we're going to murder them. This metaphor has turned dark. How do I get out of it? Insert segue here. Anyway, I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, owner of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA, celebrating amongst the friendly riffraff of Maniunk. With me this morning is a man who never met a whiteboard he didn't want to mark up. Len, the bat tribble, in 10 words or less, tell us why you're so awesome. I am awesome because I am here, and being here is awesome. Yeah, it, 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 it was like 12. Uh, uh, and then awesome Noel is going to take over the intro. <laughs> Noel's going to take over the intro because my basement's flooding. Oh. Oh, no. Is that written into the, to the copy? Nope. Oh, shit. But does basement he mean, by basement, does he mean his lap because of the baby? Honestly, well, not. Who knows? <laughs> okay, sucks. Um, well, I'm. Uh, you know, everyone knows who we are. Uh, my name is Noel. Thank you for joining us. And uh, to my left, to my right is Brian. Hey, hi. To, to my to my stage left is Brian. So that's that's what I meant when I said that. I had a a whole thing written up, but I'm not going to read it because it's not funny for me. So, um, you guys know the deal. We're is it about me? Comics. Uh, you'll know maybe next week Uh, you guys know the deal we're here to talk about comics pop culture stuff just have a good time and chat with you and uh hopefully uh not have leaky basements metaphorically or literally um but uh i believe before we get into the comics we do have a letter we do i'm actually looking to see whether or not i can uh said letter was sent to me as well i believe it was in our chat it was an image in our in our chat and if you want to look for that, I have uh, something interesting that I can oh, no. show the viewers. Um, this is a show thing. So I got this. Actually, I wanted a vision action figure, you know, from the movies uh, specifically. Um, and so I went online and I saw that there was an option to get one without the original packaging. And I'm like, that's weird. But there seemed to be multiple options. It's on eBay. They would probably crack down if it was some kind of illegitimate thing. Like maybe it's something. I don't know. You know. So I was like, all right, I'll take a chance. It's less money. And I'm not one to keep my figures in the packaging. So, so I took that chance and I was happy with it. I got the figure. He's here. Looks a lot like Paul Bettany. It's very good. Um, it came in a regular, but like a cardboard box with bubble wrap. And it also came, it was missing like a <laughs> tiny shield accessory. It came with this, 
base. Oh, yeah. Right? So it says Civil War in the one with the packaging. This one just says Marvel with some Chinese or Asian language characters. And I wonder if that's just like the a model, uh, how they sell it over there, you know? Like, I was going to say, like, I don't. I don't think it's a knockoff so much as yeah. yeah you probably just got like a a show model or something um, right a promo model that was just like meh yeah because it's got to be it's got to be like the same mold as the other one you know what i mean it's like it looks I, exactly the same but yeah i thought it was an interesting an interesting have, thing I, you know while we're on this topic of um taking chances on ebay have you guys uh, ever bought like um you know pre-loved books or or stuff on ebay I did. Like, I, I got a couple comics yeah. and stuff on eBay. So uh, the stuff that I know is out of print or that I'm looking for. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll go to eBay after Facebook groups and stuff. I typically have pretty good luck every once in a while. There's like, it's listed as good or fair. And it's, it's like a reader copy. It's just got like maybe some tinge or, or a remainder mark. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the worst one I've ever gotten this past <laughs> weekend. I don't know. I don't know if I can actually get this, the pictures up, but uh, it, it was listed as good in excellent condition. And I only got like $10 off the actual cover price. Cause it's out of print, but it was the worst thing I've ever received in the mail. Oh my. Like it, mm. it looked like it was pulled out of the trash. It, um, <laughs> wow. Pages page. I don't know if you could put, so like pages were absolutely oh, no. ripped. Oh shit. Um, it was, the spine was bent in half. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is, there's, that's bad. There's adhesive all over the front cover. Uh-huh. Uh, the back is all tore up. Also, oh, like damn. it was. I, <laughs> I, uh, I messaged the the seller just very, very calmly. Mm. Um, with a, this is disgusting. Yeah. I demand a refund. Yeah. Uh, uh, or I'm gonna blow. I'm gonna blow up your spot. Just hard. Like this. I wouldn't have put this even if I had listed it as like acceptable or fair or terrible condition. I still wouldn't have sent this to somebody. Yeah. It's absolute garbage. Yeah, if it's like that, you got to show the pictures of that copy. It's not, yeah, it's so not even a it. yeah, not even a reader copy. Yeah. I'm about to say, quiet is kept. If it's like that, I wouldn't sell it. I would just mm. like, oh well, you know, that's yeah. fine. You know Give what I mean? To a library or something. And honestly, while we're doing pictures, I don't stream from my home anymore. But that would have been the background. Oh, cool! Oh wow, man, that is awesome. I want to go to your house. I um, I ended up doing like um the LED strips behind it and stuff, so it looks really cool at night. Um, it fits that space very well too. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I I measured it like a mother. Nice. Anyway, do we have a letter now? Yes, we do have a letter. Hey, we do have a letter. It is from Charles in Chattanooga, <laughs> aka Green Lantern Triple, aka at Hal twenty eight fourteen. What's up? Thanks to this. Chip shortage. I'm getting a lot of free time from work at Volkswagen on the weekend, so I now can catch up on stuff. I know it's only the second issue, but I'm digging this new Green Lantern book with Jon Stewart as the core leader. Issue six of Crossover was Donny Cates being Donny Cates. LOL. I never read any Sandman stuff, but I like this crossover with Lock and Key and this new book Eve by Victor Laval from Boom Studios is a pretty cool concept and can't wait to share it with my niece. The other day, I watched a trailer, Marvel Celebrates the Movies, just showing old clips, then a tease of the Eternals and the upcoming titles like Black Pont. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Marvels, and Fantastic Four, all the while with Stan Lee's voice all over it. 
I watched it a few times and it still gets to me. Maybe it's Stan's voice. I know it's just Marvel promoting itself, but they know what buttons to push. My question to the crew is, is there anything, no matter how many times you hear, read or see that gives you the feels? Okay, but Len, hashtag Occupy Dave, fuck Dave, (laughs) LOL, cheers, Spoiler alert! Thank you, Who's Charles. this Dave fellow? I was going to uh, say, I don't think Brian knows. Uh, D- Dave, uh, hashtag Occupy Dave, uh, references the Black Tribble's uh, contact with the Guinness Book of World Records ah. uh, the division, um, who let us know that the schedule mm-hmm. that we submitted for our world record event uh, was not approved by what? the good folks at Guinness, what? and thus my uh, our attempt, um, while they will consider the evidence that we sent in, mm. is will very likely be disqualified at, fr- from uh, the world record. Mm. Uh, so hashtag Occupy Dave, which you can actually buy uh, shirts and 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 paraphernalia to support is the Black Tribble's attempt that within probably about a year's time, we'll, we'll see, we, we, we want to go for the record again. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. And then it, hopefully we can, uh, and you, know, then you it, had invited us to, to monitor, and I would have loved to do that if not for a certain worldwide circumstances. But, right, eh. and, and hopefully the world will open up in such a way that we can actually go for the record again live mm. from the front lawn of Dave's house. So that's, ah, that that's what hashtag occupied in, in Ireland or wherever that is. I believe they're in England. So. Oh, okay. Sweet, sweet. I might not actually join you for that. <laughs> no, but uh, Lynn, I would like, uh, Lynn, I would like to point out that you said disqualified from the world record. I take issue with that. You are disqualified from the Guinness world record. If you did the longest podcast, you hold the record, you know, like ah. that's just their accounting of it. They is there, just is there, started a book of records. You know? Is there any other recognizing body yeah. other than Guinness? Like um, a Bud Light world record or something? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, a good like question. Um, that's a good like question. A, like a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Yeah. World <laughs> yeah. That would be the book to get into. Yeah. <laughs> sponsored by Wing Bowl. Well, yeah, something like that. Yeah. our attempt was uh, was sponsored by Advanced Gaming Supplements as well as uh, Lunch Table, uh, the streaming is a streaming platform for Blavity. Maybe we'll be the Blavity world yeah. record longest live podcast. I don't know. We're, we're, that, that's a good th- thought. We may have to look into that. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, to answer his question, though, is there anything that you guys can see over and over again? It doesn't matter. It just kind of like punches you in the heart. Okay. This, I don't know if this is necessarily what he means, but there, I, it, um, just as you can watch a movie and it, it'll, if it has a twist to it, and if you watch it two or three times, you might still feel it, but it's not the same mm-hmm. cathartic feeling as the first time you see it. I think the same thing holds true to comedy. Like some stuff may be funny, but it may not be quite as funny to you the, the third, fourth time around. Oh, yeah. That being said, one of my favorite movies of all times is It's a Mad, 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 <laughs> Mad World. <laughs> Love that movie. I watched that movie at least three 
times a year. <laughs> I know it from front to back, and it's a three-hour movie. I know almost every solitary word in that movie. And yet, as funny as I think that movie is, there is a maybe a minute and a half, two-minute scene between the great Phil Silvers and Don Knotts in that movie that I laugh like a baby every fucking time I see it. It is it's Phil Silvers who used to play Sergeant Bilko. He's trying to get away, um, trying to make his way to find his treasure. He he gets Don Knotts to pull him over. There's a helicopter finding him. Phil Silvers says, oh my God, the the they're on to me. Don Knotts, what are you talking about? All of a sudden, Phil Silver says he's a secret agent and it's just it, laughter ensues. It's, oh, it's, t- it's only two minutes. It's only two minutes in the three-hour movie, but I die. I, oh my God. I, I laugh so fucking hard every time. Every time I watch the movie, I rewind that scene at least three times. I <laughs> love you see that it. nine times a year. I've seen, I've, I've, I've seen, yes, yes, which means I've seen that conservatively scene nine times a year. Yeah, yeah. I've probably seen that scene at least conservatively 900 times now. It doesn't fucking matter. I awesome. laugh like a baby. So nice. that's, that's it for me. Oh, what about you, Brian? Is there anything? Uh, comedy or otherwise? I'll tell you. Um, comedy, now I haven't watched it in a while. Uh, the Simpsons is one that I could quote every line of an episode and still mm-hmm. laugh while it's happening. You know, like, mm-hmm. and I say that to say, like, I know it so well. And comedy is often about the unexpected. And yet, even then, like, it would just still, like, delight me. Um, although I got to a point where I was, like, that a little bit stopped working because I knew what was about to happen mm-hmm. and and had, like, repeated those lines to myself or friends, like, so many times. But as far as emotionally, there are so many things, you know, like if it's like something that hit me once, it will probably hit me again. There are a lot of episodes of uh, Next Generation that Mm -hmm. I will come back to, like um, an episode that people a lot of people seem to not like. It's called The Chase. And they're trying to figure out like this archaeological mystery. And there's the main adversary, you know, like the Klingons, Cardassians, Romulans are all involved. And uh at the end, the, the Romulan commander contacts Picard and he's, they have like a little discussion about how they're all similar. And, yeah. and he says like, perhaps one day, Picard's like, one day. And I know that, you know, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, I love that kind of thing. And that's a scene that I was always sorry. with me. I zoned out a little bit. What were you guys talking about? Star Trek. <laughs> I never, I don't know what that is. Uh, well, it's good. No, I don't. I don't know the show well. I don't like. Yeah, I don't yeah. know the episodic shows. This is that well to even have a frame of reference. For sure, it's it's yeah. uh, way later in the in the show, and it's just about like a commonality that all the species have. Uh, that episode, it's cool. I, like logistic yeah. or uh, details, regardless. I uh, television shows probably more have more potential to do that sometimes, especially if they're good, mm-hmm. because they you just spend more time with the television mm-hmm. show. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you you get to know the characters in, in ways that you wouldn't in any other medium. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert or any Monroe other visual wrote, medium. Robert Monroe wrote, I love that movie too, Len, talking about Mad, 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 Mad World. <laughs> Try showing it to my kids and they didn't like it. I was considering trading them in for new kids. <laughs> Qu- quick story about kids. This is, this is pr- proof that my daughter was a keeper. I've told this story before. I'm walking home with my daughter um, just 
casually from the store and I don't know and she's maybe three four years old and I'm just you know just humming and I'm humming to myself putting on the Ritz from uh, <laughs> Young Frankenstein and I'm just I'm just I'm not even saying the words like and my daughter belts out like, you're mine. <laughs> you're more mine. I, I am. I, I, I love the idea of like a little, a little, what, three, four year old girl doing the Frankenstein part. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Um, I'll be boring. Uh, the one that immediately came to mind is the end of Endgame. Oh, uh, okay. The last, the last 25, the, yeah, the last half hour. Mm. And not because it's just like, it's more than just plot. Uh, we spent what 10 years and 20 yeah. movies but more so than that too it was just like all the stuff that we grew up reading that was finally realized and in an earnest way and it was mm-hmm. just like it was like levels of weird emotional connection mm-hmm. uh i went uh, we went and saw actually I, were you there len like for that screening it was like you and yeah probably was bjs and and uh and and uh, jd yep and J, like the whole Last act of that movie, they were like, it was just taking turns smacking each other on the arm. Like, can you fucking believe this? Like, what the fuck? And then there was, there's a point, and I don't like, there's like four cry moments in that last act. So I don't remember which one exactly it was, but there was a point when you could hear pieces of the audience do like, you know, like those, those, those sounds that it's like a, a seal that swallowed its gum, like holding crying, like, and I don't know, it was just, it was, it was, it was a wonderful experience. And I just always think of that. So when I watch it now, even though I know every single beat, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. on your left. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, it, it works. And what's funny too, is I, I played in my house so much. Well, uh, enough uh, that my wife associates it with two things. Um, when she has a large presentation at work, for like the 10 minutes beforehand, she'll actually play the Avengers theme the wow. <laughs> to amp herself up the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Wow. Like she'll play it, which I think is hilarious. I didn't prompt that at all. I just heard it in her office one day. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Nice. Um, but then also when we're having a really bad day or something is going on, I'd look at her and I say something along the lines of, do you want to just like get it out of your system? Do you want to just cry it out? And we watched the last 15 minutes of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Just like cry together. It's great. It's a family thing. Uh, Robin Monroe said, Noel, I still tear up when Cap is ready for what he thinks will be his final battle. Then all the heroes return. And then Cap says, Avenger. Avenger! That's my favorite part <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> that I, single I word. I know, I know that. I know, like, logistic, like, uh, dramatically, it has gravitas when he whispers it, uh, when he whispers assemble, especially because they spent, like, umpteen movies avoiding mm. saying assemble. Mm. No one else heard him. There's, huh. there's 200 people there. And they and were he just already Avengers. assembling. Like, they yeah, had already but, assembled, actually. So he was just he, talking to himself. He uses his inside voice for the call to action, and it's like, mm. okay, I get it, but yeah. nobody I'm, knows you're ready. Nobody knows you're ready. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't know. It's Captain America. It's Captain America. America. Captain America whispers. 
You hear me. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a man of intent. Yeah, people will get it. People see that I'm starting to walk forward. Yeah, they'll see. They'll yeah. see when I run. Like they're yeah. the starting pistol is made. They'll see when I what run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, was that was that right when he got the like he he says assemble so, and then he gets Mjolnir or is it the other way around? No, it's exactly. Avengers right. Mjolnir assemble. But like that okay. was again that was like the moment twelve of like yeah. thirty excellent moments. It's just like got the hammer, yeah. used it like a boss. Right. Everyone's dying. Oh. And then on your left and then big old like lead up and then mm-hmm. the assemble. Cause, cause at that point in the movie too, so much is happening. Mm-hmm. You almost forgot about 10 minutes ago when he was using Mjolnir like a boss. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it was just like Avengers and we're, we're ready. Funk. Like, Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that piece of awesome. Thank you for reminding me. You know what? Thinking yeah. about that movie though, real quick. And I know we got to get into the reviews, but mm-hmm. as, as much as I, you know, was I was caped up for all of that at the end. I really was. And I was really, really, really you caped, say caped up. Caped up? Yeah, caped up. I was like, yeah, yeah it got me it got me like, oh yeah, all right, superhero moment. Yo, That's yo, cool. I'm I'm there. That's cool. But really, I honestly think the most the most um uh uh uh, uh really truly emotional moments in that film came to me from two places and it all was uh was around the same character. Um, oh God, what's her name? What what's De, De, uh, Desdemona's sister's name? Um, Desdemona, not the De, De, not Desdemona from Gargoyles. <laughs> not Desdemona. Um, <laughs> Nebula. Nebula. Yeah. Nebula. Uh, That's Gamora? her sister. D- D- yeah, Gamora's yeah. sister. Gamora's Nebula. Okay. When she yeah. is when she is playing uh, football with Tony Stark in the beginning. And she wins and she feels so good about winning. I was like, I was like really happy for her because of everything that, you know, the, the the journey that that character takes throughout all the guardian of the galaxy movies. But then later in the film, when all of that is turned against her and she's made to do like bad again, because they knows comes and like, plucks her out of time or whatever the hell happens. I felt so bad for her at that moment as well, because she knew the journey that she had gone through and she didn't want to go back to that. And that's where I actually was like, damn, I feel, I feel bad for her. And she, and, and, and shout out to the, to the actress. She, she sold it for me. I was definitely 100% invested. I was invested probably emotionally in her story more than anybody else's in that entire movie. I agree with that. Cool. I agree uh, with that. They're coming yeah, out like with a uh, snap, uh, Thanos and Iron Man action figure set. Do you guys see that? Where where Tony's like doing this in one of the possible hands, and he's got. I'm interested. No, I didn't know that. that oh, yeah. uh, um, uh, I'm sure if you had a favorite retailer who could direct order that for you, they would. Oh, I they would do that. Interesting. Um, <laughs> he does. So, uh, he does. He ordered it through through him and uh, his friend in Willow Grove just yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know. Uh, my friend A. Maison. It's uh, a stands for Albert. Albert Maison. Albert Maison. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Maison. <laughs> okay, um, let's talk about comics. Uh, we got a couple Ooh. we want to talk about today. So the, the the first one on the docket uh, here, you know what? Let me change the banner because we're profesh. Yes. Fwamp. 
First one on the docket is Future State Gotham number one uh, by DC Comics, written by Joshua Williamson and Dennis Culver, with art by Giannis Giannis Milonat Milano Giannis Giannis Milano Giannis. There you go. Uh, I'm so proud that I butchered it. Uh, solicitations read as follows. The event that was DC Future State continues in its own ongoing title, starring the Bat Family, beginning with the epic story Hunt the Batman. Disaster strikes Gotham City and all evidence points to the next Batman. Red Hood must choose justice over his family and allies when the corrupt magistrate enlists him to bring in the new Batman dead or alive. Featuring the entire cast from the popular Batman or Future State Batman titles, this new series kicks off the next chapter in this forbidding world of tomorrow that's seems like they use the word the worst word um yeah, like don't do and, not read this book <laughs> yeah this forbidding I, I, did they mean foreboding i copied and pasted this i didn't like anyway and does so in brilliant monochromatic storytelling this black and white series will showcase the brutal world that's around the corner in future state gotham so i picked this book for two reasons we picked this book for two reasons one um it technically delivers on one of the biggest problems that I personally had with future state, the fact that it meant nothing, it was going nowhere. So that now that they're, and, and also to the mo the other than um, wonder woman, Yara floor, the only thing that was really like worth reading air quotes, worth reading some of a lot of it was fun, but you know, the thread line that seemed to be the spine of the whole thing was Gotham, mm -hmm. all of the Gotham characters. I think that Flash uh, is set to show up too, I believe. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, like the fact that they're continuing this, great. Um, the other reason was because I was just incredibly impressed by the fact that the big two is doing a monochromatic black and white first run book. Um I didn't read the solicits before these got into the store. So when JD was like, look at this, it's black and white. And then you look at it closer. It's like, this isn't just black and white. This is like explicitly Akira style, black and white. Like this is right. Yeah. manga. Right. Um, and I was just incredibly impressed that they went for the swing. I can't imagine other like larger companies being that confident. So I was like, yeah, let's talk about this. Uh, Reddit loved it. I thought it was rad as hell. Um, I don't know. I wonder how long it's going to be. I wonder mm. how involved it's going to be. I wonder how big it's going to get. Um, because they involve a lot of the um, Bad Family characters. And it appears, it, it does take, it takes place directly after those future state Batman books that just kind of ended. Mm. So if this is like the super sequel, awesome. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I guess I just don't want like 60 issues of ongoing adventures. Tell me like a big tale, but then like bounce. Mm. So you want it to be like a maxi series type of thing. Yeah. I would, I would love to see a conclusion to all of this crazy stuff. Um, which was the biggest thing that I had a problem with before. Like I, this, if this is a Elseworld or a, an alternate timeline, tell me a big event and, and then we go from there. Right. Right. Yeah. But what did you guys think? Go ahead, B. Um, I liked it. So I'm not a big fan of black and white comics, generally speaking. And Ooh. so I was kind of like, hmm, how's this going to go? And it went well. You know, like I thought it, it um, moved. You know, it, it sometimes the 
black and white thing can just seem like a little less engrossing to me right, than right. than the color stuff. And and I thought it was an especially odd choice for this like dystopia in neon <laughs> to mm. do black and white. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. True. True. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, all that being said, it still it still worked. Um, you know, I, I found myself like kind of moving through the story in, mm. uh, in with the usual way. Um, I similarly am interested in this. I think more so now that it's just one book than the whole Future State Initiative. Right. I thought was cool. I think I liked it more than the the rest of you guys. But there was still like. It was a mess, <laughs> you know, and there were like elements of it that I was like, oh, boy. Mm -hmm. um, but all of that being confined to one title and just getting the, a little more of this world, like, that's cool. I'm into that. Right. Um, right. And who knows how, like, this is Future State Gotham. If they were to bring in other elements of, you know, through the lens of Gotham, you see Jonathan Kent Superman or something like that down the line. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that could be cool. Um, and, yeah, it would kind of make all of that that happened a little more uh, meaningful, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. First of all, hmm. on, on its own, just taking it singularly as it is a product of itself. Mm -hmm. I thought it was very cool. I think mm -hmm. I, I do agree with you. It's kind of like, you know, it's odd to take this neon world and present mm -hmm. it in this, you know, in this black and white and grays, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But I think that's primarily because we know that it's a neon world because we've already seen well, it. Saw the other, that was one of the things you and I liked the most about the, um, the Bruce Wayne uh, right. future state, I think was like yeah. that look, right? Yeah, that look, it, it, and, it, <laughs> and it worked, but, yeah. it, I, I, but to be fair, to be fair to this book, if we hadn't seen this, Right. This still would sell the universe yeah. to me. So, it's very futury looking still. Like mm -hmm. it still gives you that kind of, you know, I've never read Akira, but you guys compared it to that. And I know the general aesthetic. So Right, right. Yeah. And and you can feel the aesthetic. You can feel the, the, the you feel the mm -hmm. colors, you know, mm -hmm. popping off of there. You feel the, the yeah. scenery. So uh, you feel the influence, the definitely the manga influence. Um uh, all the way down to uh, some of the characters looking the same, but that's true of yeah. all the Robins. And so well, that, and Jason Todd, well, that's true, yeah. I mean, sometimes <laughs> retcon because of Batman's actions. <laughs> exactly. Like, dye your hair black. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. but, but, um, so I, on a whole, I enjoyed it, the whole mystery of it, uh, focusing on Jason Todd was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, it was it, the, the action was like ratcheted up and, and well, well defined. There's a really cool, impressive two page um, spread of like this, you know, this uh, bat hole that is yes. dug into Gotham yeah. City. That is just like I would take that that two page spread and put it up on my wall. Yeah. And that is, that is just that's killer. cool. And this is actually the page that I was looking at when you said, like, but you still get the futury, you know, mm -hmm. it kind of fills in. And it yeah. looks like this expansive, futuristic right. city, you know? Right. Yeah. I also, what I do have to say is that I reading this makes me wish that DC had just bitten the bullet on mm -hmm. what, if, if, if we're, if, if the, the story is true about mm -hmm. most of this future state stuff being, things that were that was planned but then kind of scuttled and they just put it out there because they had to put it out there 
right? Or because um, they've already sunk money into it and they're re- right. they're like figuring out their next thing to do. So let's right. get this out there. Yeah, like I, this reading this it almost makes me wish that they had just bit the bullet on mm-hmm. all of that work. Mm-hmm. You know, like hey, we already paid for it. We're just going to keep it here. Just get, keep it in the sh- keep it in the, on, in the in the shelf or on mm-hmm. the shelf or whatever, and then come out with Gotham. Didn't just come out with this world of Gotham itself. Yeah. yeah. Because this is a perfect introduction into this future state universe. Universe. Much more interesting introduction to exactly yeah. because yeah. and and if you do uh, completely um, agree. If, yeah, yeah. And then if you do keep <laughs> it, if you're smart and keep this Batman universe confined to this one book under mm. the heading of Gotham, that gives you the the template for every other future state oh, yeah. book, future state metropolis, yeah. future state Themyscira or Amazon or whatever. And this could just be this series of books that are just done in this universe and that's because that's all really the fuck they want. They just want to make some more money. So that's even cooler than that. Do. Wait, what if they even cooler than that? What if they handled this Gotham book like in order for it to have legs for like me, a reader like me who doesn't necessarily want 300 issues of mm-hmm. one storyline? Give me 12 issues of the the Red Hood of it all or the the sidekick of it all. Give me another like six or twelve. Make it an anthology series of sorts, where every single arc is kind of focusing a little bit on a different character to tell you mm-hmm. the whole master. Like, like the, the book is Future State, character. and there's Future State Gotham, and then the next one well, is I mean, Future State something else, and then. Well, I mean, Future State Gotham could be six right. issues of Red Hood, but sure. then Future State Gotham Arc Two is exactly Batgirl. Six issues of, of yeah. Nightwing. Gotham right. is one thing that is like synonymous with. I'm reminded of Star Trek again when they wanted to call a show Star Trek without calling it that. They called it Enterprise. Yeah. And that's kind of like future state Gotham is like all Batman stuff. Yeah. And you, and you, and you yeah. know what they and remember what they did? They got wise and they re- and they reconned it to Star Trek Enterprise. Because yeah, they that realized smart. <laughs> right. In that case, yeah, definitely. <laughs> one the word Star Trek in there. Oh, now one thing I did think was kind of bullshit with this. They uh put a Mobius pinup in there that is not new and put Future State on it. Oh, which, yeah. I mean, yeah, Mobius's work really works for this kind of thing. But I don't know. I just thought it was a little weak. To I didn't like, I, I thought that there. was weak too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that picture is probably 20 years old. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did think that was weak. I thought that was real weak. Yeah, like to, yeah, like with that logo. If they just wanted to reprint a, a print by Mobius, I'm in. But exactly, you know, yeah. I mean, but don't don't bullshit us. And the, right, because our future state design. Because trust me, who doesn't appear looking like this? I guarantee they didn't pay him again. Yeah, most likely not. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did notice that. And that I was, think there's a colored version of this too. So this is like the a colored like version I of the up book? online. Oh, you no, mean no, no, the, no. the so Mobius just, picture? Just yeah, yeah. I don't uh, know because it was done for Batman Black and White, though. Was it? See, yeah. I saw there are color versions of it, but that could have been somebody adding. Yeah, I think that may have been somebody adding color to it. Yeah, because yeah, it, it was done for Black for the for the anthology Black and White. Oh, uh, okay, cool. So yeah, we're ready to move on, Noel. Sorry, I was I was uh, yeah, I know you were... like a like a little kid. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I know. There's, uh, there's a baby the here. There's a there's a friend. There's conversations. It's like yeah, a, I know. 
it's like, like a show. Things. It's like a show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the next book we're going to talk about is Heroes Reborn number two by Marvel Comics, uh, written by Jason Aaron with art by Dale Keown and Ed McGinnis. This is issue two of the big event that's happening at Marvel right now. Um, solicitations are as follows. Make way for the adventures of Marvel's mightiest megastar, the all-powerful Hyperion. When America's solar-powered Super Sentinel of Liberty looks to return his arch-enemy Victor Von Doom to the other-dimensional prison of the Negative Zone, mighty Hyperion must deal with the breakout of his most powerful enemies, such as Ultron, General Annihilus, and the Immortal Hulk, plus a special backup tale starring Blade, Earth's last living vampire. So... The sec- um, uh, do you guys have a chance to read both issues? I did. If you wanted to, because we weren't we weren't live last week, so I did. This is a, this is a weekly event, so it'll be a nice, snappy seven or like eight that. issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like it a lot too. Um, and the way that they were able to do that is by having a different artist every single issue with backup and bridging stories by Ed McGinnis. So you've got like the master. Or uh, like the master plot line by Ed McGinnis, and then each issue kind of, I guess, is going to focus on a member of the Squadron Supreme and kind of tell a little bit of the story through, you know, how they spent their day, which which actually might be cool. It might overstay its welcome, (laughs) but as of right now, it's pretty cool. Uh, Well, how many members are there? There's only like five, four or five, right? And there's seven issues of this. So I guess we'll get a couple that are... Maybe like after those individual spotlights. Either way, it was it was pretty interesting, and then also too, it it, it uh, mileage varies depending on which artist is handling whichever issue. But mm-hmm. overall, it, I was I was I was more impressed by this than I thought I would be. And I'm a sucker. I'm like I'm I'm just kind of in the bag for Marvel events right now. Like the last three, I very much enjoyed Empire. We all kind of dug. Yeah. Um, I liked King and Black. I think you guys just were indifferent, but didn't That's hate cool. it. Uh, we didn't have as much background with it. Like you'd been reading true. all the other stuff. Yeah. So this is just another kind of, and I'm loving the Avengers run. So this is just essentially like a new Avengers arc, which is actually, it technically is because Avengers is on hold during this right. whole story arc. But, but I dug this. Dale Keown's art was cool. Um, I liked that it was like a day in the life with uh, without completely separating from the story so like this plot beat actually happened in the first issue and then they just like went off and explored it um i thought it was kind of cool they they took they took all of the super obvious comparisons to superman and then just kind of kept riffing on them um uh you know like uh not powered peter parker it's just jimmy olsen but because hyperion's um you know a I guess we could just say it. He's kind of like a rugged individual or a rugged individualismist. Yeah. He's uh, also kind maybe. of like the bad way, a bad way to view Superman's characterization. Yeah. He's, you know, a, so he's, he's a, like kind of a jerk sometimes. And he, this yeah. entire team is explicitly yeah, yeah. America first. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a shitty, they're just shitty. They're shitty yeah. people put yeah. in very familiar tropes, and it's right, just right. kind of fun to watch as like a like an experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I enjoyed it. What did you guys think, uh, Brian? Um, I liked it too. I you know I, I love this kind of thing where they're like, what if the whole universe was different and things were you know mishmashed up and what have you. So I yeah I dig that. Um, some of the things that Hyperion like that we were just talking about, I really don't like. So I get I'm like. Argh. 
Oh, you Hyperion. <laughs> oh, so it works that they're making you dislike the villain? Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's like, this is like just the kind of thing that, you know, just like write somebody like this and I, I won't like it. So, yeah. Um, what was, uh, what was going on? The, oh, oh also the um, Mr. Mixius Pitalicification of the Beyonder mm. was cool. Yeah. Um, there's one thing that's, uh, he's like, uh, with, with the Hulk, he's like, I've coddled you for too long and this is it. Right. But in the first <laughs> issue, they say he, the first, his first appearance, they banished him to the negative zone and nobody's ever heard or seen from him again. <laughs> so, oh, that's because, well, which one is it? uh, that's because he was, um, the inciting incident from issue one was that they all escaped the negative zone. Oh, no, no, no. But I mean, just his reaction where he's like, I've coddled you for too long. This is, it was like that one time. Yeah, I yeah. I managed you to the negative zone. And right. now I'm going to murder you. <laughs> um, and and the uh, Bizarro writing on the Hulk is, you know, sometimes Bizarro can be handled yeah. in different ways and it's easier or harder to understand or what have mm. you. Um, this was a little on the, <laughs> this is the harder side. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, one more, one more <laughs> just sort of fun nitpick. Uh, in a book that I did enjoy. I wonder why the Avengers not forming caused Steve Rogers to grow a beard when he was in the ice. Oh, rather um, than not. Uh, yeah, right. Um, right. The I was going to answer that question, mm. but then I did. I was I was ready to answer. Did you ever do that? You're ready to answer the question before you finish the question. Oh, and then so it I was going to be like, else. oh, oh, because but yeah. oh, you're just talking about the beard. Um, Wait, what I was the know. question that you were ready to answer? <laughs> <laughs> um, how how this all precipitated just the removal of one oh, right, person, right, right. essentially. But I mean, it, there but are some wasn't. things that it seems like wouldn't be different. I don't know that it was. It was just like something that caused the Avengers not to form. So it could have yeah, been actually was, the removal of Banner. That um, I, Well, it wasn't the removal of anyone. It was the insertion of the Squadron Supreme before a need arose. Uh, so right. it was essentially, yeah, yeah. It, it, think of it as, uh, well, it, like, think it's, it's like the, it's the same thing as one more day mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. with an entire team mm. so instead of just having like that one event of of mary jane and peter not being right, married right. but everything still happened it was just let's take the squadron supreme and let's put them before the avengers and now oh, like the century the actually when they you remember yeah. the original introduction of the century where they pretended like he had been yeah um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they ended but that was all like re richer stuff of making everyone forget yeah, yeah. blah 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 i want to see is, i was reading this i was like i want to see a team up with like hyperion sentry gladiator maybe bring in supreme and samaritan like just all the superman analogs um which was interesting to see in the other book so hyperion and gladiator both oh, superman you, analogs. i do want to i do kind of want to talk about that really because yeah. that was like an extra reading if you had a chance but before we do len what did you think of this book uh, it was cool um i <laughs> I'm sorry. So you loved it. I'm. I've. I've. I've not. I'm. I've never really fully been in the bag for the Squadron Supreme since I was a kid. When I was a kid, it was kind of cool to see them because you know, like they were the JL, the Justice League analogs in Marvel. You know, and they were having fun with it. And when they were first created, I can't remember what the team was called, but over in DC, DC, they were fighting an Avengers analog over there. So it was kind of like it was like yeah, the they were friends, thing. like the two writers. Yeah, I think like it was. Roy Thomas yeah, and Lynn yeah. Wine. Um, but anyway, so 
So, so, but other than that, I've really not been in a bag. Like, and and every time I see the squads of Supreme, I can't always but remember when one time I think Kurt Busick and George Perez did a story with them, and Hawkeye just says like, "You guys get like your brain taken over like about twelve times like yeah, by I now." You know, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like every time I see them, it's like, "Oh, who's controlling them now?" Yeah. Like, so you know, Supreme vibes from there, right? And and then this story, which outside some cool art because i'm uh, i will i will say that ed mcginnis is like jim lee to me i'll never mm. say the man can't draw mm. but i just something about his storytelling just doesn't rock with me mm-hmm. but you know and i know we're, we're reviewing issue two here but in issue one he draws a very very batman-ish nighthawk yeah. That is the coolest Nighthawk I've ever yeah. seen. So I enjoyed that just because I was sitting w- sitting there watching Nighthawk and Blade just get get it on back and forth. But um, but this, but all of this is really like a, a um, it is you know it's it's a reworking of Heroes Reborn, so it's a repurposing mm-hmm. of that whole title and initiative. Just title though, really, right, like, right, Heroes right. Reborn was just like. No, 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 no. I understand. So they're taking that title, they're repurposing it. They're basically, like uh, Noel said, doing this huge one more day type of deal and giving you all these little fun what ifs (laughs) that are happening in, in this book. And as an idea, as a concept, that should just be dumb fun. So I'm ready to take off my hat and sit and enjoy it for dumb fun. And there is a book that gave me the dumb fun that I was looking forward for. This one wasn't it. I'm sorry. The main book, as was the case with King and Black, is just meh to me. And this was just really meh to me. Now, as much as I'm not a fan of Ed McGinnis, I didn't know that this was weekly. I would prefer for Ed, for them to just take the time and let Ed McGinnis draw the whole goddamn book and then put it out. Because like, while the art in here is not bad, I like Ed McGinnis. And, Ed McGin- yeah. and, and when you've got the first issue and you've got Ed McGinnis versions of all these characters, and then you've got this more like Dave Gibbonish type of version of the characters is totally it don't even feel like the same guy you know so that just took me out of it a little bit I'm sorry this shit was cool that's oh, yeah, cool. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right no, that's through. cool. And, and that's a cool what if. You know, yeah, like yeah. if Hyperion was with Galactus, Galactus would be done. Like, I ain't got no time for you. You know what I'm saying? But um, but if he was going to do that to Galactus, why didn't he do that to Hulk? Why he throw Hulk in the negative, though? And then when Hulk comes back, well, all I think of a sudden it's he... like, wet, 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 wet him up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's a good point. It's like you get one chance to remain in the negative zone for the rest of time. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just imagine that Hyperion's a, a, a an edge lord. So it was just like I tried once. Now I'm just going to be an asshole. Yeah, I but, my um, hands of you. Yeah, I yeah. um, I, 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 it strikes me uh, your description of of Ed McGinnis because you're right. Like he's great, but he does everything at eleven, mm-hmm. and that's not sustainable emotionally. Right. Like I can only handle it so much, but then mm-hmm. it's just like, I need a break from that level of loud. I just do like that's muscles on muscles. And I don't always want <laughs> muscles on muscles. 
Yeah. 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 Th- th- there's a scene in here in the backstory where Hyperion, you know, doesn't know that he's, sh- he's shaking hands with Captain America. And it's right out of Predator with Alfred uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I should have found that gif and just had it ready. Uh, yo, that was a little confusing. But instead, to I, me. instead, I wasted time on this. <laughs> also good. It's a good movie. Um, that was a little confusing to me. I could not figure out. I mean, I did, but it took me a second. Like, okay, the story ends, and then there's this other story that mm-hmm. involves the same characters and events of the main yeah. story. Like that, and I guess the reason was to have Ed McGinnis do all of those, but I didn't really think of that until yeah. we're talking about it now. Um, so the way that yeah. the way that this event is structured is, like I said, it's a little interesting. So the first issue, the first big issue, is all Ed McGinnis. Mm-hmm. Um, every single issue after that has a backup story by Ed McGinnis mm-hmm. that propels the main plot. Right. But the body of each issue is going to be kind of like a solo piece that just kind of like does background. Mm-hmm. And then the final oversized issue is all Ed McGinnis. So it's, it's like a, think of it as like a four issue, four issues worth of Ed McGinnis hmm. main plot. And then about yeah. four issues worth of side character. That's stuff interesting. That kind of having the main yeah. story be the backbone the backups of it. Yeah, it's an interesting right? structure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's there because, was one other nod. Oh, sorry, that's because they're, pr- that's because they're printing the pages as Ed McGinnis gets it to him. That's Probably. Why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how long's our backup this week? This is the, the dumbest thing is that the final issue is actually titled heroes return. Number one. Yeah. So that's stupid. But then also um, I almost appreciate it because at the back of the issue, if you look at the checklist for this, yeah. it's only like, if you did decide to read all the, like all the side issues and stuff, mm-hmm. it's only like 20 or like oh, 21 yeah. or something. That's Whereas, one thing I really like about this. Events, all of those yeah. are just one, right? They're all yeah, those they're side all issues one. are just one issue. Whereas That's great. Events nowadays, it's just like 40 issues worth yeah. of stuff and 20, like twice as much or double as much. Even the even the Star Wars one, we weren't on last week. So hmm. uh, the War of the Bounty Hunters, that's 34 chapters. And JD tells me the thing that came out last week is the prelude oh, yeah. to the War of the Bounty Hunters and it's like not just the yeah. single issue prelude, but that is the first issue of the prelude. It's, the, yeah. it's the issue one or issue zero, right? It's the prelude yeah. and it was a double sized. And then there's the six issues of the main book. But then every single Star Wars book also has like five issues of tie in. Yeah. And then there's also, yeah. uh, you know, like separate one shots all along. Yeah. It's yeah, I like this. Just like Hyperion and the Imperial Guard. Like, huh? here's the idea. It's mm-hmm. just fun because we're showing you the idea. We don't need like a whole story, you know, just like you know, one and done. It's, it's cool with those. Normal noise. Right. I also thought there was a cool nod that I think might not have been on purpose. Then um, <laughs> Yeah. What's happening? Uh so, so they weren't paying attention to us, so I figured let's pay attention to them. <laughs> all of May- well, he's he, uh, backing up the claim that the next five issues are prelude mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Prelude. Mm-hmm. prelude, prelude, you know, mm-hmm. prelude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha, which is what came out last week. Mm-hmm. It's issue one, but then we've got Star Wars thirteen, Bounty Hunters twelve, Darth Vader twelve, and Doctor Aphra ten, all prelude issues, and oh. then the actual event doesn't start till June. 
Mm-hmm. So we've got one, two, three, four, five. Well, how do you know what you're getting into if you don't have five issues? Of- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I noticed in issue one, <laughs> it's the onrushing prelude. 30, <laughs> coming at 30, 35 <laughs> chapters of War of the Bounty Hunters, which is a book about, hey, let's keep Han Solo frozen. Oh. And so this is like, this is oh, a read it. whole thing that happens in the middle of other sto- established stories. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So did you guys get a chance to read um, Imper- uh, Hyperion and the Imperial Guard? I did yes. get a chance to read that. Yes, I so I, I asked, I kind of, uh, I did the extra reading, but then I was like, hey, uh, my two my two friends and co-hosts that love and have history with Legion, yeah. maybe they'll get a kick out of this weird yeah. one-shot story. Oh, Would wait, uh, before, we, before we move on, I did this nod that I don't even oh, know yeah, was on right. purpose. There was, in the first one, Scarlet Witch is now called the Silver Witch and has a green costume. And in the backup material, or I think during the story, it says that she absorbed Quicksilver's powers. And so now she's got like kind of his suit. But I thought it was a nod to the very early appearances of Scarlet Witch on the covers. She is in a green costume, the Scarlet Witch. And because they just thought that the color composition looked better for on the newsstands. And in those days, it was just like, here's this, here's this ink thing, color it, you know, so it looks good. So, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but I, I before I moved and I got to pick it back up, I was reading the Chris Ro- or sorry, James Robinson um, Scarlet Witch series mm-hmm. uh, from a couple of years ago. It was only like 13 or 14 issues, mm-hmm. um, but they introduced a new arch villain for her mm-hmm. who is the Emerald Warlock. Oh, interesting. oh Jesus! Which, uh, yeah, it's a it's a. <laughs> the, the, okay, the name is terrible, but they spent a whole they spent a whole two issues introducing this this guy and his uh-huh. his like blood feud that in 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 England or in Ireland uh, for generations and centuries, and she just kind of like gets in his way. It was it was good. I'm yeah. I'm really laughing as hard as I am because I sincerely thought I said that to myself. I certainly <laughs> yeah, I in my head. I <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, real quick, real quick. That to- that uh Toby Maguire face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me that doesn't look like uh Kevin Maguire drew that. Right? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a confluence no, of Maguire's. It, it's a, yeah, it's a Magu- it's a it's Maguire by Maguire. <laughs> um, Hyperion in the Imperial yeah. Guard. That book, which felt like almost like uh, again them, you know, rework redoing events. It felt like them, you know, shoehorning a an amalgamation of of comics into this Heroes Reborn initiative with like, you know, they're doing like their little spin on the Legion of Superheroes was actually kind of cool because for two reasons. One, it was a standalone issue. Two, it, they did something with the Imperial Guard because nobody's doing shit with them. Um, and they did something different with them. Three, they did something different with Hyperion by showing him as being youthful. Hmm. Super um, cool. And because of that, 
it gives you maybe a window into why he becomes the dick that he is. Because I actually did feel for mm-hmm. him and for the loss that uh, he suffers at the end of that issue. And you know um, it's coming the whole time. Exactly. Because of what was in Heroes Reborn too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say like uh, it was – yeah, it was issue two where it shows his friends, and yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. that, "That must suck." And then I, I went and read this like two or three days later, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I know who's on the island." Ooh. And <laughs> yeah. then um, uh, I just loved, I loved the very legion of it all, the Superboy of it all, and I loved that they. Sometimes it doesn't work, but it just worked for me this time, where they they explicitly try and sell that it is issue. 98 of a yeah, yeah. where they do the like, little they did, box. they did fake reference boxes I read the letters page because they were all fake letters and mm-hmm. the first person um, actually had a letter from King of Prussia PA which I thought was kind of funny oh really oh yeah, yeah. cool it was, it was just a really impressive huh. worthless book <laughs> it was great and plus I'll also say the art was yeah. beautiful the art yeah. was absolutely yeah it was very good and the it uh, had to be nothing it was everything yeah you know, flying while yeah. sitting seems mm-hmm. very well rendered. And yeah, I felt for, I felt for him too. This, like this, uh, love that is about to be lost, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I bought it, you know, this introduced in this issue and I was in, you know, after, after reading this, I, w- I was like, huh, I'm going to try the Peter Parker Shutterbug. Awful. Yeah, I was a little more interested oh, yeah. in that before. Oh, I didn't get to it. But, <laughs> yeah. I knew my mileage would vary, so I just uh, I said, "Okay, yeah. this is good. I'm good. I don't need to see anything." Yeah. Else. It was it was just so weird. It ended with uh, a mutated annihilus Peter Parker killing himself off the side of a building to oh. save other people. It was very weird, and it was it was dumb. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, it was it was it was amazing. Like in one week, you had two example, two prime examples of uh, perfect in and out. Yeah. Nailed it, and then yeah. like, what is happening? Yeah. This shouldn't have happened. And that's yeah. also, also, water. real quick, yeah. the backstory in Hi- in Hyperion and the Imperial Guard, the Star Jammer story. Oh yeah, I like that too. I wasn't that even was planning too. on reading it, and I was like, I'll just read the beginning. And then I'm like, oh, what's happening here? And yeah, that was cool. It's cool to see Scott Summers like in a situation where mm-hmm. the thing that happened doesn't have you know didn't happen, so he doesn't need the visor. And also right. Johnny Storm as a Nova Corps member, and he got oh, it's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. It's really, it was really like I said this this amalgam of a book. I would love to see this continuing on. It was really and, cool. and Star Jammers is a, this was just a that wasn't a backup. I think that was more of an ad for the maybe it was both, but for Star Jammers number one. Um, so, oh yeah, it was it was yeah. a, it was a preview for an oncoming title that was the yeah. follow up from this ending series. It was just, it was very inside baseball in like all the best ways. Yeah, yeah. that's dope. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, when, they, when the cube opened, I was like, oh, 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 here we go. Oh, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. B. Yeah. So you thought that that was really a, a primer for Star Jammers number one? Or is there actually a Heroes Reborn Star Jammers coming? No, there's a Star No, no, a Heroes Reborn Star Jammers. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Just like just a one sure. Yeah. All right. I just don't know if this, like these pages, are the first several pages of that, I'll or bet. if this is right. like a prelude to it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but I like the Star Jammers. I've always liked the Marvel cosmic stuff. I don't know that much about them, but the Imperial Guard was always cool. Years before I realized, well, not realized, was told that they were a legion, and I was uh-huh. like, oh yeah, they are. 
Yeah. 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 Um, we're going to move on to the next book because cool. we're, we're just gabbing like Gabby Gabbertons, like which is like, I know we're, we're talking like people are listening. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on right now. Um, well, let's talk about justice league. The last ride number one by Chip Zdarsky and cool. Miguel Mendoza. Oh, do we have to? Mendoza, I think, is the right Mendoza thing. I could be wrong about that. I don't even right, know what right. the thing is called. Anyway, um, once the most powerful group in the world, the Justice League was destroyed by tragedy and time, disbanding under the veil of mistrust and anger. Now, on the eve of this universe's greatest murder trial, the League must come together one last time. But can Superman and Batman bury the past before the cosmos' greatest villains bury them? This was meant to be a digital first, but then they scrapped those plans and now it's day and date. So it's coming back in print. And I imagine it's because um, so much heat behind Chip Zdarsky right now. And this is his first um, um, uh, DC series. Like he's done a couple one shots here and there. But so this is a premiere book. Miniseries. Well, I'm glad they uh, did. Just looking at it, you know, we, I think one of the Future State books we looked at and we were like, oh, it's the next Batman. Um, the thing that just came out. And we're like, yeah, the, yeah, second, this, son. the, yeah, the second son one. And we're like, yeah, this, if this was cut in half, this way, you know, like parts were missing. Yeah. I'm scrolling through this now and like, yeah, this is a bunch this of better ways to present to, this. This yeah. is meant to be print first and then they were going to like refashion it for digital, right, right. which it was probably would have just been really terrible. Yeah. But, um, what did I think of the book? I have a feeling I know what Len thought, well, but said, do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. I it, it's it was um, not darkening the characters, but it's it's the book starts with them all in a very shitty place. Mm-hmm. Um, so something occurred. John Jones is dead. Um, uh, Batman apparently sent him or made the call because mm. Superman wouldn't make the call or didn't make the call. Um, so it's a very classic kind of loggerheads with them as leaders, which is, you know, that comes from someplace that was pre-established. So it's not like it's out of, out of the blue. Um, and I'm supposed to believe, or I'm led to believe that the justice league itself has been in complete disarray and or just not together since this i don't know how long ago it was it's been a while it seems like like long enough for kind of a new thing to be established like yeah. a new way yeah but the the general conceit of them trying to make earth the new oa hmm. or the new or the moon the new oa mm-hmm. um is interesting Uh, And then the Justice League or the heroes of Earth just have to kind of pull off this one last little job. Just just prove you're not idiots once. And then I can make a case to the United Planets that, you know, you'll be protected by the Green Lantern Corps forever. And then you could go be assholes in your corners. Um, It was fine. I mean, I as a first issue, I probably wouldn't continue. But I do. I've read a lot of Chip Zdarsky and I do trust what he's trying to do. So I would, based on name recognition alone, kind of keep giving it a shot until it clicks. Mm. But as just one issue coming in, it was a lot of groundwork. Like, it was solid. It didn't blow me away. Um, It ended faster than I thought it would, and I mean that in a good way. Like, I was at least interested to kind of keep falling forward with the story, and then it just kind of ended. I was like, oh, okay. 
Like it was just well done, but I don't know if I liked it. Hmm. What did you guys think? B. Huh? Uh, I liked it. Um, I thought it was well done. It was very like capably done. Like the the art is very capably done. They all all of the characters look good, and the uh, like Batman coming out of the teleporter is a is a cool scene. Mm. You know, just like a well well composed scene. Um, and it also kind of mirrors in the previous page. You've got Superman flying in, and then Batman coming out on the opposite side of that page, which is interesting. Um, I didn't notice that until now. It, uh, it, you're right. Like, I don't feel like it darkens the characters. You guys know my feeling about that kind of thing. It puts yeah. these characters in a very tough spot, you know. And and also they, you know, Batman and Superman are angry with each other, but they also still come together, you know, which I thought was cool, uh, you know, by the end of the issue. Um, and yeah, it's just like kind of an interesting examination where I am mostly tired of examining what happens if some terrible thing, <laughs> you know, happens. Uh, it's not like mm -hmm. I've never been interested in that, but, um, oh, also Green Lantern's borderline kingdom come look is pretty sweet. Mm. Um, yeah. So, and I'm interested in that too. The, like we want the moon to be the new Oa. Uh, I'm also kind of wondering if John is dead because they're about to go back to the place where he died. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, it's cool. I just thought it was a, a well-handled, like, what if something happened to break the Justice League apart kind of story, and all the characters seem to act like they like they might, you know, like Barry is still, or whoever that is, I think it's Barry, is still, like, friendly with everybody. Diana still respects both Superman and Batman, but they don't agree. You know, that kind of deal. What do you think, Glenn? Um, there are moments in this book where the art is maybe just a little wonky. Some of the some of the perspective is a little off. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a lot of moments, but just a couple of moments where it, it for a split second took me out of the story. Uh -huh. So that bothered me. That aside. I fucking love this book. I don't Whoa. know what the fuck your problem is. Like Wait, I, problem. I didn't have any problem with it. Because <laughs> you was like, you know, you like it. You know, maybe I don't know if I'll continue I, reading it. I, I, I the, the, no, I'm in. Yeah, but y'all both said like it's the first issue. I don't know if I continue reading it. Oh, Yo, yeah. this was this was dope. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. the whole idea because it explains it it, it it doesn't darken the characters it actually more humanizes them and they're reacting to each other for the first time as humans there's a great scene of on the watchtower when wonder woman is sitting there waiting for everybody to show up and she's sitting in her chair and she's got her sword um by her side and she literally looks like she was the first one there yeah. she's always the first one there and then she's got to wait for everybody she even gets there before Barry Wally whoever the fuck and is, is, is sitting there like waiting minutes and maybe already. she was on monitor duty I don't know but she's sitting there she's got a sword she's ready to like are we fighting or not what's going on I got shit I could be doing and I just <laughs> love the body language of that I love everybody, even Superman, finally getting in Batman's grill and being like, yo, dog, why can't you just once in a while just sh shut the fuck up and just do what we need? You know you're going to do it anyway, so just do it. You know what I'm saying? I also like the conflict behind between the two of them because it always weirded out to me how everyone sees 
Superman as the leader of the Justice League, but Batman's the one that's always telling them what the fuck to do. So like that the they even, leader. right. Yeah, so yeah. they even speak to that a little bit. Like, no, yeah. this is you ain't gonna come in here and just all of a sudden start running shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love that shit. I love the whole idea of you know uh, resetting Oa on the moon. Why? Cool. Well, they might as well. There's 12 fucking Green Lanterns in this section already, so we might as well. Like, why does every other sector get one yeah. fucking Green, Lant- yeah. Green Lantern, but this sector get, like, fucking 12? Yes, we cool. might as well put the whole headquarters here. You know what I'm saying? And but it's you been know, based there before, right? Back in, uh, ooh, like in the 80s, it was like Kilowog and Aresia were... They probably had, I mean, I, look, forgot, I totally forgot I, about it, but yeah, yeah. This, Everything's been my, done before, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. know that. It's probably been my, done before. My favorite piece of this entire issue was when the two best friends... There's clearly a problem, but as soon as they start talking to each other and not just at each other, they go immediately for the gut or for the for the throat. Like they go mm-hmm. immediately for the kill shots, which only people that are that familiar with each other can do. Right. And I loved seeing Batman and Superman do that. Like um, Batman, I think, started it with uh, if you could even make a decision. Yeah, know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just the 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 efficiency with the script is, I mean, it's just it's Chip Zdarsky. It's do- he it's is just dope. Incredibly capable. Right. This was I, dope. I, I loved like every aspect of it. I even liked the mon- the mundanity of them having to watch Lobo. Like you know, like yeah. First, yeah. Of, first of all, there's a Justice League, and yeah, y'all the Justice League. God bless. But yes, y'all still got to prove yourself because as far as the Green Lanterns go, y'all just a whole bunch of motherfuckers running around in shorts. So like and like, you know, like who do the Green Lanterns fuck them? But I like that they still feel like, yo, no, you got to prove yourself. You got to show and prove to us. You know what I mean? Because Earth has been fucked up a couple of times. Y'all done reset the world like nine thousand times. No, y'all got to prove if I'm going to set I'm going to put my house here. Make sure that y'all can y'all can handle shit. Well, I think Watch this Lobo Bull. To the United Planets, too, which I think is cool because that's what's happening in current DC continuity. Right. Which I think is cool because that's been something that will happen in DC continuity Mm -hmm. since, like, the 60s or whenever the Legion showed up. So I think it's kind of cool to see, like, hey, there are all these planets are familiar with each other. Like, what if the Legion, what if the UP was starting now? Right. Um, And then for this, like, potential future... Um, to take that into account, I think is I think is pretty cool. I also like the Superman moments with Lois in the beginning. Yeah, so they were very cool. I thought they were very cool as yeah. well. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, that was that well was done. that reminded me of those scenes uh, with with Lois. Reminded me of um, my favorite parts of Bendis's run, where he actually mm-hmm. took time on how the marriage works and her autonomy versus his and how she helps him and how he helps her kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, which so was he's nice. Got a red blue robe, which I think is pretty cool that he has at the fortress. Oh yeah. That's like, well, that I mean, Superman shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kellex is very, very into matching. Very aesthetically uh, oriented. Robot. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Well, I mean, he, he has, um, Feng Shui programming as well. So everything is <laughs> the Kryptonians were also yeah. aware. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, I mean, the oh, energy I, is a thing. Yeah. I mean, if it's a real deal, the Kryptonians would know, you know. Um, I like that. Uh, um, I also like the uh, Superman-Batman dichotomy of power 
here that we get that, you know, Batman is perfectly capable of handling Mr. Freeze, but Superman comes in and is just like, done, let's chat. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, I was handling it. I like how Superman is like, I know. You know, like, I know, this is something that they've dealt with before. It's like, I'm right. not challenging your skills, but I can just take care of it right away. And, I, I want to talk to you. Right. I, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like, don't. Yeah. Like, this is not a problem for me. Oh, and the smack in the penny? I was like, ooh, he hit the penny. No, but I, I and I, yeah. I, I love, I loved every moment of, yeah. of that. It was, it was the one moment of Superman still being Superman. Mm-hmm. But you've been wanting him to do because yeah. I love Batman, but Batman's oh, a dick. Right? And who's gonna, yeah. who's gonna get? Who's gonna get? Bat, or who's gonna get? Who's gonna be able to get Superman this angry this fast? Right. right. And who would Superman feel that he could smack the trophy of without? You know, I think Superman keeps a real tight lid on himself, and. With Batman, he's like, I can get angry at Batman and show it a little bit, and oh, yeah. it's okay. You know, like it's it's not somebody that I need to worry about showing that to because it's uh, yeah, this, be- because it's my best friend. Yeah, exactly. Right? He knows will, me. He knows. Like, I don't want to freak anybody else out, but <laughs> this will be a this will be a fun book to watch. It's eight issues. Hope like it's just a one and done kind of thing. Uh, I think uh, JD had jumped in the chat for a second and he did make a really good comparison. I think it's um, a lot of what Chip Zdarsky's doing. It feels like it's a lot of what if stuff and a lot of like side story stuff, not unlike Tom Taylor yeah. right now. Yeah. He's doing all the, the, the most fun stuff with Injustice and, and Ceased. Like you, they kind of carve their own little corners and their own little continuity out, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, let's, and to um, action uh, figure experts answer your question. We don't know what happened to Oa yet in this continuity, unless it is what's happening in Green Lantern now. Which, which I don't is, think it is. I doubt it. I, I assume this is just its own thing. Mm. Um, but in Green Lantern 2, uh, there was some issues with the core. Um, oh, yeah, this final page where Superman's just like, I'm tired of fighting with my friends, and Batman's like, here's what we're going to do. We're, I'm, I'm in. I like that. So yeah, very cool. All right, let's let's move on from that book to another book that came out this week, Time Before Time, by number one by Image Comics, written by Declan Shalvey and Roy McConville, with art by Joe Palmer. The year is 2140, and to escape a world with no future, many turn to the Syndicate, a criminal organization who, for the right price, will smuggle you back in time to a better life. After working for the Syndicate for years, Tatsuo and Oscar decide to steal one of their boss's time machines, but soon find out that the one thing you can't run from is your past. Um, this came on my radar a couple months ago because I, I subscribed to, um, I get uh, Declan Shalvey's newsletter, and he alluded to this for a while and then eventually just premiered it like i'm going to be co-writing this book the pl- the synopsis sounded tropey but in a way where it, it also reminded me of looper a lot yeah, a little which looper-ish. was a movie that it, i loved yeah. it made me movie. go watch the movie again made me oh, go yeah, watch. I, 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 absolutely, I absolutely love that movie but the idea of, of it's not just that um uh time travel is gritty it's time travel is gritty but it's such a it's such a kind of rogue technology that it's, you know, conceivably only really dealt with by criminals mm-hmm. or by um, large syndicates or crime families being able to uh, actively use this stuff because the government, of course, would just be like, fuck no. Which is an um, interesting aspect of time travel because it's like once it's time travel, 
what the government now says that, but what about 30,000 years from now? <laughs> you know, it's just a fun thing to think about. I mean, about. That, uh, but then also too that, that, I mean, what kind of time travel are we talking about in our fiction? Are we talking about string theory time travel? Are we talking about causation time travel? Like sure. that's, I don't know. There could be some later body that may, and there's like, obviously there's long range pods here. So maybe you can only go so far from where you're at. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like it's, yeah. there are rules and it's, and when it comes to fiction and time travel, establish rules hmm. and stick to your rules even right. if they're stupid as long exactly. as your rules make sense i mean i i will I, not give a carte blanche to that like sometimes no I'm like, I, no actually bullshit. i will give a carte blanche to that because right. if even if your rules are stupid in yeah. in the in the bubble of the fictional story you're telling me hmm. that's fine stick to your rules hmm. if if the rule is that every time they time travel a hat appears on their head as long as oh, the hat that keeps yeah. appearing on their head yeah. like um um i think it was um, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted actually breaks their own rules. I think in the third movie. I haven't seen the third one yet. It's great, but it took place so long after. I mean, like in the real world, yeah. it was made so long after. Eh, if you want to change, yeah, things up a little bit. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Beside the point, this yeah. was a fun read. Yeah. I liked this a lot. Um, it was um, the art was solid. The characterization was very. Uh, quick but good there was a lot of like um passage <laughs> there was a lot of really fun passage of time type mm. uh, montages and panels in here that were done really really well um because it was passages of time for the characters but they were walking through time mm -hmm. on different mm. on different like missions so it was there was um there was a lot of like winky and naughty stuff to the reader that wasn't smacking you over the head with the structure but it was also very like very competently and and well done uh which i really appreciated um and then i really really loved the heartbreaking turn at the end like i was yes. just like yes wow as soon okay. as, as soon as he was like did, go and see him i'm like that dude is old yeah, <laughs> that dude well, is old was, now <laughs> they, yeah they kept alluding so i didn't i i thought that might be one of them but i also thought that like he wouldn't say that he was dead. So I was like, something's wrong. Something's crazy. Something's gone. And then he starts telling the story. I'm like, this motherfucker is going to look like a raisin. Yeah. Like he's just like, <laughs> he's been a while, um, but yeah. it was, it was so well done. And then there was another kind of turn on top of that. And I was like, ah, oh, this is a, this is a solid book. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a great trade. Okay. There I, I, you I'm go. That city shot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, this is the, uh, you know what this is. This strikes me as one of those properties that just like those indie properties that come out really quick and you immediately. I'm not saying that it's meant to be a show. Like sometimes you'll see uh, mm. a book that just kind of comes out really fast and it's just like they seem to be just trying to sell an IP. This is definitely a good comic, mm -hmm. but I can immediately imagine this being a movie or a TV show because they just very very quickly establish an ordinary world rules and engaging characters, and it's just. It's it's a pilot episode. It's just right out the gate. This is, I liked this a lot. I loved Fun, it. I yeah. loved it. I thought this was an absolutely beautiful future noir um, thriller of a comic book. I thought the colors were spectacular. The mood, brilliant. The the character designs were just spot on. The it pulls at the emotions, like you said, with the with the twist at the end. The story, while it definitely is reminiscent of Looper, it still tries to do something a little bit different. Especially because having rewatched Looper, because this gave me such a feels, I <laughs> wanted wanted to watch it again. 
and as cool as Looper is, Looper uh, definitely spends so much time on the farm that it you mm. could lose sense of you being in the future. Where this is steadfast, like mm. futuristic, urban all the way through from beginning yeah. to end. You know what I mean? Um, so th- that puts it in a different feel that's where it, it take, takes a turn from looper for me and there was that uh, whole other story too and you know like a whole other sci-fi thing was happening right with right. that farm with looper yeah, right yeah. yeah but this was this was gorgeous and talk about being smart i loved the the thing that you can do in comics where they introduce each year that he's he's transported to in an opening panel until the last one where, mm. where something goes amiss and now the panel looks disjointed. So you don't know where he is. You don't know exactly what year he is in. You that could even be yes. a, a four or a one turning in a two scrolling into a one. You know, who knows? I think it's, I think it's 2160 because mm. the back of the book or the, the trade dress of the book shows you a bunch of like dates and a lot of them were hit during this issue. And then there's a, I think there's a, a carrot or an earmark on 2160. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that at the end of every issue is going to kind of maybe tell you where you are just in the indicia. Mm-hmm. See, um, but, but that's not where they were going. But that's cool. That's but see, I, I, and that's, that is cool. And there's people who, for, for some people that's going to be like, Oh, all right, that's cool. Like, you know, you look for that stuff. Me, <laughs> I don't look for that stuff. So I noticed it. And I, as much as I n- love you, Noel, I didn't need to know that. I didn't care. You know what I mean? Like uh, I wouldn't have wanted to, to know things for you. That's well, my, that's I, I my do it for y'all every su- in life. I do it for y'all every Sunday, so it's the least that I can do. This is return so, return the favor. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, this was just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful comic book. And yes, this is another one that I will not be reading any more future issues of here on the show because <laughs> I will be waiting for this in trade. And yes, JD, if you he's not listening anymore. Oh, good. Then I, I mean, I, I assume he'll go back and watch the because I because I probably will order this one from from a hey, JD. <laughs> Len, um, Len is not going to read the rest of this time four times here. So. <laughs> so good because I know, but because he wants to wait for trade. Oh, I'll put him down for the trade paperback. Thanks, Len. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hal two eight one four because that's how I say it, not twenty eight fourteen. Hal two eight one four says, "Morning, folks. What I miss." He laughs out loud. I'll tell you what you missed, Hal two A one four. We read your letter, and you missed it. You go back. Yeah, check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Write his letter about what you thought. Oh, there you go, Len. It's good. Oh, don't don't knock over everything. You know what? You know what? I'm 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 glad that it. I hope did I ask him to order that for me? Because if he did, I I gotta buy it. But (laughs) no, because actually, what I what I learned that. The first trade was actually issues one through six, and then there's another mm-hmm. trade that's seven through twelve. I was like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I kind of want the whole one through twelve deal because I got a funny feeling oh, that's not- really the full story. It you is. I don't I mean? think. I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna collect that. The, the book didn't do as well as yeah. we all hoped it would. Um, right, which first, is why I the thought first they, trade they, you have is what is it like? Millennial, Millennium one and two. And yeah. then he just keeps he just keeps rolling the the stroller over my back. Um, is there millennial is one and two done, right? 
that we yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he's taking some of the stuff and like kind of carrying it over into Justice League, but okay. Yeah, I yeah. love that book, and the, honestly, the only Legion thing serious. I would love, I would love that Ryan Sukart in a oversized hardcover, like the the fourteen issues, you know, with the two lead-ins. Just yeah, but I doubt it's going to happen. Wait a minute, did I seriously ask him to order that? I don't know. You want to ask him? Your show? I, I have. The I don't want to ask him on the show because because yeah. no, because it's I honestly think that, I honestly think since it was the only story. fourteen books, I think they're going. I think eventually they are going to put it out as one. I mean, I don't. I but not, not, this, not this, if it didn't sell that well. Yeah, you if know? it didn't sell that well, they won't. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if that happens, I'll buy your trades from you because I, I only have it in issues. All right. Well, yeah. I'll buy Make it. sure you like crinkle them up. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, because I only like I only like I only like books that look like they went through the trash compactor. <laughs> oh, I've um, got a garbage disposal. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, just, just take the edges and just <laughs> here are the unreadable but, pieces but, of Legion of Superheroes. That's um, twenty one ninety nine. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a that's a that's a great kind of. Uh, call to action if anybody's at all interested i mean you should be but this you know this most recent legion of superheroes uh with almost all the art exclusively done by ryan sook was great and 12 issues, issues two lead-ins unknown artists i believe you pointed yeah, out when we were there was it. yeah the uh, issue like um nine and ten were jam issues it was the trial so like a yeah. lot of different characters perspectives but then it was drawn by a different mm. artists so it was like mm. you know classic um Brian Michael Bendis jam issues where he literally just goes through his Rolodex and gets all that's of cool. his art friends to just like do like a page or two. Need a leg up too. That's cool. Yeah, um, you know, it was. It was. Yeah, the series is wonderful. It's just so super good. Uh, I think everyone should give it a shot. Uh, Robert anyway. Monroe Jr. We did not. So last week we we took the week off. We had some Mother's Day stuff. Um, so we didn't read any of the any of the books. I didn't read it personally. Um, I'm not even really familiar with what it's about, although um, I think the cover art looked pretty cool. Well, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> that, that answers that question. Noel is, is moving his mouth. I assume he thinks we can hear him. No. This is the... This is the this is probably our our best our best oh, I, something i don't I know but no one's on board whatever it is i, I think his earbuds died uh, no what, it, what but it's technical difficulty after technical difficulty like this yeah. actual mic with good sound uh became unplugged under the desk and then my headphones took over to make it a tinny sound so oh. it was just a whole oh, cool. it was a whole thing but um so what we're gonna do is i'm gonna read this solicitation for the next book cool. uh actually you know what no i'm gonna open the shop and yeah. while i do that let the baby open the shop yeah why can't the baby open the shop? brian why don't you tell uh tell the good people yeah well, what about just how to support the it's patreon.com backslash Johnny Destructo. Oh, now, God. that is a website that you can go on and just give money to whoever is registered there, as far as I know. <laughs> I've never been on it. I don't know. But don't give it to any of them. Give it to patreon.com backslash Johnny Destructo um, or spread it around a little bit. I don't You know, there's probably a lot of good people on there. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I don't I don't like to be too negative, Len, you know. So <laughs> um, you could do that if you want. If you're in Manion, Pennsylvania, stop into 4327 Main Street. Um, 
you know, uh, if you don't want to give out any money, just like, subscribe, tell people about it in person at, you know, whatever stores you're in. If there's somebody that looks like they're, you know, not paying attention to anything, just run up and push them and say, listen to this cold pop podcast. <laughs> don't do that. Maintain social distance. Scream it at them. <laughs> in store, just walk in and yell it. <laughs> any news any press is good press right so, they, <laughs> oh, so God. how else could they oh they do a book club too which is pretty cool uh, Tuesday nights um, Len can be found on the Michonne Mission podcast <laughs> <laughs> what else have we got <laughs> yo just support everything the Co-Pop podcast yeah. ladies and gentlemen go to yeah. Co-Pop Go on YouTube go to Co-Pop podcast on Facebook join the group where they have fun conversations Noel and JD do um, Wednesday reviews of all the comics um, I no, I've, in fact I think JD actually does it on Tuesday as he does an unboxing of all the new oh, yeah, comics like, that are uh, going to be hit the show but he doesn't talk about the comics like he hasn't read them yet he's just right. like oh yeah, he's just, here's what's coming yeah, yeah, just unboxing them. Um, so it's really cool. It's really cool what uh, JD is doing with the Hero Complex in Maniunk. If you're here in Philadelphia, um, you can also go to JD's Hero Complex um, uh, and visit it on the web. And if you if you like, and just support everything to Cold Pop go become a patron of cold pop and all of our initiatives as well as the podcast by going to patreon.com um backslash johnny destructo and and your support no matter how small you may think it it is it goes a long way and is felt in a big way in keeping all of the artistic efforts that jd and the rest of the crew uh have going on with the podcast as well as the store so thank I you i got these headphones thanks to thanks to the generosity of our patreon uh patrons um and that's what it always goes to is like stuff for the show none of us are none of us are becoming millionaires yet off of it um no. but if anyone would like to donate four million dollars so that each of us can become a millionaire that would be great uh, yes. yeah that would be fantastic that would um, be nice very nice yeah, what else uh Let's see. I think it's interesting. Patreon, right, is like reference patron. That's how people like Leonardo yes. da Vinci used to be able to do stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They would find some wealthy person and say, like, can I have some money? I'll do these interesting things. Um, right. Kind of like uh, George Harrison with Monty Python <laughs> and the Holy Grail. <laughs> that is true. That yeah. is true. He's the reason why that movie was made. Yeah. And thus we have a comedy uh, uh, legend. A classic. Sure. Everything is everything is busy. So talk about the next book. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Silver City. Here we go. Now it's up. Silver City number one by Olia Quarto Briggs and Luca Merli. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly those are all of the letters that are represented in their names. I hope that I pronounce them correctly. You are um, <laughs> this neither Len nor I have access to the solicits, but here we are. So I'm going to try to summarize it. If uh, with your leave, Len the uh, there is a disaster and two people awake to a world that they had never known. They find that they are dead. They have mm. passed to at least one of the next planes of existence. Um, a world that was once more in contact with our own and was shut off 
a long time ago, leading to what we you know think of as the problems and fears of death. Uh, there is a fabled return of the oldest soul in existence, mm-hmm. and who will who will undo this secret cabal. And you know, I got to tell you, one of these characters is the main character of this book. Right. I kind of wonder if they are that silver knight. Who knows? What do you think, Glenn? Uh, this is a very interesting comic book that has been put out here um, from our good friends at Aftershock Comics. This is not our first time digging into uh, the world of that publishing house. Um, and I thought that this was an effective comic book. It opens, like you said, with this disaster, which is basically this um, a horrifying accident that happens at an airport, um, not on an airplane, at the airport. Um, and it is done in a very interesting way, the way that it's depicted. It takes you right into the world. It is done in the classic style of the big... Um, I would say disaster films of the seventies by giving you like a quick snapshot of some people just going on about their day and then disaster strikes. But usually in those films, what happens is disaster strikes. And now you have to find your way to the other side to, um, to salvation, but no, you're dead <laughs> within two pages. It's like, no, no, you're dead. Including the one character of all those characters that you hope is not dead. Um, but they are dead as well. And, and then their parents don't show up there. So I wonder if we'll check back in with these mm. like still alive parents that, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so it's, it's really interesting. And then the whole idea of the, this, kind of like way station to the other side being this very um, not dystopian it's just grimy grimy almost it's almost like it's almost like the the narrows of Gotham City. Yes. I was thinking of Madripoor, but same mm-hmm. deal. You know? right. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, but also still has like a. I, I really got like the sense of of uh, like some hard boiled like London town a little Absolutely. bit as it as well. <laughs> the one character uh, keeps saying darling. Which yeah, I cannot read in a hard boiled one. I keep hearing like darling. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's really weird. But the whole idea of that was really kind of interesting. And also you being dead, but still having mm-hmm. the memories of mm-hmm. your past life, you mm-hmm. know, and and that affecting how you are reconciling with your situation i thought it was actually pretty interesting the artwork in the book um was very effective i thought by uh luca merrily um i thought this was uh, and and again when i try and give reviews i try not to give but so much away um but i thought that where the book landed i felt like Maybe I've read a little bit of this before, something, you know, about, you know, death. And I don't know how wholly original it is, yet this depiction, this introduction into this world, I bought into it and it made me intrigued enough to want to can 
continue certainly into the next issue. Did you I thought read it was well done. The, any of the back matter about the creation of the story? So I, no. I never really read that stuff, but no. I happened to just like my eyes fell upon the first few sentences, you know. Mm-hmm. And it she the the author started it as a novel like mm. years ago, and they present some of the like uh, scenes, you know, in her first writings and that kind of thing. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, I liked it too. I found the, <laughs> the main character makes this kind of choice that I'm always like, what the hell is the ma- What is wrong with you? <laughs> you show, like, you show up for your orientation in the realm of the dead and two guys on a bridge are like, why don't you come with us instead? Don't do that thing. And you're like, yeah, all right. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> Go to the class, see what's going on. Like you have no idea what's happening here. Um, this this kind of event is like kind of rife in sci-fi fantasy worlds where like when presented with this crazy context, mm-hmm. you act as though it is like ducking school or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like something that you're dealt that you've dealt with before. Well, if um, you've made bad choices in life, chances are you're gonna make the same bad maybe. choices. Right, you, that you would be like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with those two guys who uh, <laughs> seem on the up and up. <laughs> like, that's like 101. Like those two guys, I mean, I think it's probably okay, but, you know, they could just as easily be like, uh, oh, we're two demons that just lure people away from, <laughs> from this Especially thing. when one of the guys demonstratively does not want me to be there. Right. Like, why? <laughs> right. <laughs> True. Good point. Yeah. Um, there was one other element that I thought they, they give the backstory of like, um, in the ancient world, the realms between, you know, all Mm. the different realms of existence were easily crossable and people would come back and forth, but some people closed off those realms to create fear. And then everyone all of a sudden was afraid because they didn't know what happened after you, after you died. See, I like it as an idea, but I'm like, that didn't happen right away. Right. Like they would still remember what happened. Like they would just be like, Oh, we've been cut off. That sucks. They wouldn't be afraid because they didn't no, know. But, anymore, but, but, you know? But, in, but in the ensuing year, I guess, that's like, when the fear sets in. Later. Yeah. The generations. Yeah, yeah. Right. Although, so I guess the people of. that set this up were like, we're setting this up for our, our descendants that we won't be able to contact anymore because we'll be in the realm of the dead, but maybe <laughs> they get some other kind of power out of this. I don't know. Maybe. Um, it's the fact that it was written as a novel. I think, I don't think this has the problem of so many other books that we've read where they try to give you a whole world right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely borderline that, you know, like she gives you a lot of different aspects of things right away. Right. Um, but, uh, but like I said, I, I don't think it strays too far into like that being an issue. Um, passively listening we're still helping customers but I wanted to say really quick um, I thought that this issue was um, it wasn't the best like it it had a lot of like character wise a lot of like hiccups and just was a little like the pacing was off but I was impressed with the world building and how quickly they were able to kind of establish this like norm and it was fascinating so that's why I kind of wanted to talk about it which I'm passively listening it sounds like you guys kind of feel the same like it's just the world that they kind of start to create it's pretty interesting i thought the art was a little like very good but a little um probably intentionally murky and Mm -hmm. in sometimes it like in in contrast to future state gotham it 
kept me from moving through the book. Oh. You know? Um, Interesting. Yeah. Because I liked it. I mean, yes, I feel like it is intentionally intentionally murky. And it also is, um, you know, looking at the cover, which is good, the 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 book itself is probably is like a decidedly different like a darker tone mm-hmm. and i think the cover lies but um i thought it was pretty cool i thought it was yeah pretty dope i, I enjoyed it i enjoyed a lot of this and like noel said i think think the world building um it, it, to your point like maybe it's a it's close to a little bit too much but i yeah. think it's a i think it's just enough to like to hook you you know yeah yeah it definitely it doesn't like I wasn't bored by when she tells me these things, which can be the case when you get a lot of it. Right. Right. I wonder if they'll touch on, cause they say like you're in the body that you were in when you died. Um, so it's nice to not die as an old decrepit person. They feel, um, but I wonder if they'll touch on the kid, right. Who is also in the body that she's in when she died. You know, I wonder also if I, I got to feel like one of the two of them is that silver knight, <laughs> you know, back is it, but who knows? Um, there was, did you ever see the movie AI? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like that movie a lot. And the short stories that it's based on are a lot darker and they touch more on the idea of like this AI that will never age. Mm. You know, they do that a little in the movie. I don't know if you've read the, the short stories. There's I have like not, four I have short not. stories. Uh, Brian W. Aldous, I believe. Um, and, but they deal more with that. Like it's more of a very, it's a very cynical set of four short stories, um, an Android in winter and Android, you know, it's each season. Um, so yeah, I wonder if we'll go down that path at all in this story. I, um, I haven't seen that movie in like forever. And I'm yeah. always like, uh, I sometimes think about going back to it, but I don't because I know that I remember that it is disappointingly a mishmash of a movie because, Ah uh, yes, Steven Spielberg had to step in to finish it for. Uh, I remember the the end. I think Kubrick. Of, yeah, Kubrick. It was the movie Kubrick was Kubrick. I don't know how to was working on um, when he passed away. Right. And I remember thinking, although I've heard later that I think I was wrong, that there's like a scene in the towards the end of that movie that I was like, I bet that's where the movie ended before it before Steven Spielberg added this other you know mm. less despondent stuff afterwards, but. I've heard that I was wrong about that, but um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I I'd, uh, I think it's on my my movies list with, that my girlfriend and I have of <laughs> way more movies than we'll probably maybe ever get to because it, it keeps growing. But it's on the list. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, now how about uh, you want to move on to our to our final like book we- here? Now for our video viewers, you know, and listeners. Uh, well, first of all, it's not our final book. Now, I don't want to throw you, but we can change the banner at the bottom. So, whew, just strap in, because it's time for the House of Lost Horizons. And it won't say it at the bottom. Uh, Len, do you want to take a swing at the at this quick synopsis of this one? Uh, yeah, hold on one second, because I'm going to the, the House hmm. of, the, of Lost, Lost Horizons. Horizons uh, written Sarah by a guy that uh, Noel alluded to by accidentally mentioning earlier in the show, Chris Robertson. He said, Chris Robertson, I mean, James Robinson uh, at one time. 
Oh, y- y- yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Chris, and I, th- I believe that's Roberson. Is it Roberson? Okay. I, I, that's the way I would have always pronounced that. Um, the, the Written by C- Chris Roberson with art by Leila Del Duca. Um, a Sarah Jewell mystery created by Mike Mc- Mignola, all of these, the main character, the, the Sarah Jewell character from the world of Hellboy. I understand hmm. if if I remember. Have you read it, much of that Hellboy one? I've read I've read some, not a mm-hmm. lot, but I have I have read some uh, Hellboy, um, and I'm picking up. I have the the um, the synopsis here of mm-hmm. the book here. A locked up a locked room murder mystery puzzles paranormal detective Sarah Jewell and her associate Marie Teresa Therese when a weekend trip on a private island off the coast of Washington goes astray, trapped by a storm and surrounded by myriad suspects who have gathered for an auction of occult items, the intrepid duo must unravel the supernatural mysteries surrounding the guests in hopes of uncovering the murder. But all the while, Bodies keep piling up, and at any moment, Sarah or Marie Therese could be next. Oh no, I hadn't considered that. <laughs> In the House of Lost Horizons, uh, brought to you by our friends at Dark Horse Comics. <laughs> um, hey, this is this. I mean, if you've watched the movie Clue, mm-hmm. if you have, um. Uh, the butler did it. The it's butler a play did it. That I was in in high school. That is very similar as well. Yes, it's a uh, locked door mystery on an island where nobody can contact you. you yeah, know? exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. If you've seen pretty much like any Agatha Christie movie, like mm-hmm. Murder, uh, what was it? Um, Murder on the Orient Express. Um, and Agatha Christie. Uh, yeah, because that's her. Okay. Did, she, did she create um, Pierrot? Oh, that's a good question. Who is a Hercule Poirot story? That's all I know. Maybe okay, it's not yeah. Agatha Christie, but it's a Poirot. But it's, it's a locker room mystery, and that's what this is. And they they put in some supernatural trappings in there, um, but the supernatural trappings don't really come to bear in mm. this one until maybe the last couple of pages. I mean, like they're mentioned, but you don't really see any real true hints of them until the last couple of pages in the in this book. And this book is fine. I think this is a book that is, for me, it suffers a little bit in that I've seen this before because I'm a sure. huge fan of Clue, those type of films. Oh, um, it was I get the Christie to confirm. But. It was okay. That's yeah, what I thought. Um, so, uh, so, and I'm 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 a sucker for those type of movies. So I've seen these before. So mm-hmm. I'm I know the st- the story the, the 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 bits. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everybody's gathered, and then you're gonna so you got a one on one one by one. The detective got to. Ent- interview everybody yeah. to find out their connections to one another and all this Even type somebody stuff. that the detective knows for a very long time is exactly lately. yeah 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 so i i've seen all these trappings before so i'm a sucker for that so mm-hmm. you know while if done in an interesting way i'll take the ride with you mm-hmm. and i think what loses me with this book is that while this is good art I don't think the art sells the story well. I don't think the mm-hmm. art does the story any true justice and gives you 
either any true mystery mm-hmm. or sets truly the space and the world in which it's supposed to be set in or gives you anything truly dynamic by way of presentation. And the script as well is just very by the numbers mm. uh, at, also. So I think th- those two just combine just make a, a mystery that I don't care about and I don't care <laughs> if it gets solved. I, I had, uh, I think recognized a lot of the same things, but had just a little bit of a different feel about it where I was like, this doesn't seem to be anything too original, but mm. I'm in for the ride. Like this is, it's going along in a nice way. Now I haven't exposed myself to that many, um, uh, you know, of this kind of story, but I like it, you know, right. it's like, it's fun. And so I was like, all right, yeah, a, you know, a locked door mystery. That's kind of cool. Even in the scene where, um, you know, these characters are almost archetypes, these characters who are here and the one, what is it? Dr. Caliban, I think is like <laughs> suspiciously doing something in the drawing room. Right. And, he, and he's like, gets affronted that they question why he is like, doing this very suspicious thing. And he, and he like walks out and, and I could almost see that as a movie, like acted out. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it is such a well-worn scene, you right. know, that kind of thing. Um, so, but I also went into it. So Chris Robertson or Roberson is a writer that I really like that has never really written that much. Um, do you remember the Superman Grounded series, Len? It was not a great oh. series. Not great. I, um, I remember it, though, yeah. Yeah, it was actually, I think, James Robinson that started it. And it was all like Superman just walking around. There was a lot of stuff in there that was... Wasn't that Straczynski? It might have been. It might have been. It was somebody who I feel like when he's good, he's really good, but sometimes is just not great at all. And this was one of those times. And then he was off and Chris Roberson came in and it got awesome. Like it was really really good. There was like a cool Superman Barry Allen meeting when he had just come back. Barry Allen had just come back. Um, It was just like, actually, I think this was the storyline that was going on when it ended. The new 52 was introduced Mm. Um, and like a, a super council of the, you know, throughout time kind of thing was introduced. So I've always been like, give me some more Chris Roberson. Um, well, I used to say Robertson, <laughs> so I wasn't always like that. But um, yeah, so I guess that also skewed me to be like, all right, let's see what he's got going on. But you're also right about the art in that, like the art is well done, but it's a bunch of people talking to each other in a room or in a series of rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, there is nothing that's done with the art to make that interesting. Right. You know, you're just watching this kind of play out. Um like I like the I like the character drawings and all that stuff, but yeah, it's not it's not much. So yeah, I probably wouldn't pick up issue two, but if I was given it, I'd probably read it. You know what I mean? Like I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm intrigued by it, and I wonder how much this of this stuff has been established. Like how much of this detective's characterization has been established in Hellboy before this? If we've ever seen her and this other guy that they seem to know each other like interact before. Probably, but yeah. if, if if I know anything, especially, I think this may have been her first 
book away, like of her own, away mm-hmm. from the Hellboy universe. Mm-hmm. She probably has shown up on a page or two, oh, and yeah. it's probably just been, like you said, filling uh, filling the role of an archetype. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the intrepid, you know, yeah. older lady detective and her in her partner, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like some other story. And now they're kind of like, oh, let's put her on her own book. Yeah. Um, and and that's like not, in Doctor Who, where you get uh, Lady right. Vastra and right. um, her Doctor Watson character. Oh, those are those right. are great. Yeah, exactly. Those are great characters. They are good. Yeah. I'm sorry, it just got really busy. Hey, and these things that's happen. what happens. What do you think uh, about the House of uh, Lost Horizons? Um, I thought it was explicitly what it was. Cool. Um, that seems to be everybody's impression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it was so incredibly niche and it's like, mm. all right, I, mm. I've never really enjoyed reading. Uh, there's, well, this is kind of like the horror conversation. There's a lot, like, I'm not, I don't immediately am drawn to horror books. There's a couple that I've really liked, but it's not a medium that really, or it's not a genre that really works in comics for me because there has to be rising tension. It's almost the same thing when it comes to murder mysteries. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of like other things that are usually in play uh, with a murder mystery, like, you know, intonations and Mm -hmm. scenery and stuff. That's just not the same in a comic. Like for a whole, like everyone in a room together. Would yeah, be very different in a, in a video. Would be incredibly a video different. Video. Um, yeah, and yeah. also too, there's things in like uh, when it's when it's full moving pictures. There's things that you could do to kind of like tip the scales. Whereas in a comic book, it has to be an explicit panel of a character making a weird look. Right. Or right. Si- you know, like it, it's just it's a little too. It's just a genre that doesn't necessarily work for me all that much mm-hmm. um, in comics. But with that said, it was solid. It was just it was just cool it was fine i guess this is a character that's in the dark or that's in the hellboy universe right. has been in a couple of Presumably. other yeah. yeah also why were these people not there are multiple staff there why was one of them not waiting at the docks <laughs> to say like don't go we well, I mean, a murder i mean you know? i you know it's not like the 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 boats coming and going are not it's like they have like the time frame or the the arrival time sure. is like a day or sometime murder, this Joel. week, not necessarily <laughs> at 5 p.m. on Tuesday. High stakes. You know? Although, did you notice, I assume this was done on purpose, the kind of blindness of the wealthy to the serving uh, people, where the main woman is like, there's nobody that lives here except for me and, and my main serving person. Yeah, like six oh, other also people. there's two other people. And then later in the book, she's like, nobody is here except me and this one other person, <laughs> you know? I don't know if that was purposefully done, but uh, I think it, it was. Could be. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's let's I guess let's attempt to talk about the, the last book really quick. Uh, X Corp number one. OK. Um, uh, I think we're, we've gotten in a habit of talking about the first issues of these new of these Reign of X and Dawn of X titles sure. just to see like just to like stick a, a toe in the water. Um, so this is obviously by Marvel Comics, written by Teeny Howard with art by Alberto Foch. Krakoa is for closers. <laughs> the deals have been made. Mutant kind is safe on Krakoa. As the reign of X continues, what are the wants of the mutants who have everything? Leading the charge is X Corporation, headed by CXOs Monet Sinclair, St. Croix, and Warren Worthington, a duo as cutthroat and ruthless in the boardroom as they are on the battlefield. But X Corp needs more than just its figureheads. As Monet sets out to staff their team with some of the brightest and most deviant minds in mutant kind, Warren finds himself in a tense confrontation with one of Krakoa's first allies who wants to know the truth. 
on Angel's Wings, will X-Corp crash or soar? Um, so this, this out of all the books we read this week, this one took me the longest to get through. <laughs> um, it was very specific, very dry, <laughs> had some cute ideas. Um, was the, the concept itself is fascinating because the idea of Krakoa becoming its own society and then being recognized by the United Nations, which is powered by the fact that they're able to manufacture and deliver these drugs. Mm -hmm. It's a fascinating idea to actually like corporatize the, or, or to talk about or, or to kind of like reveal the corporate side of money making when it comes to how Krakoa is sustainable. But this book is relatively boring. Mm -hmm. Um, the biggest like reveal or the biggest like shoe drop is a document about United Nations um, medical. Uh, oh, was that even official important this time? I didn't, Very. I, <laughs> um, I thought <laughs> even starting from the cover, like this is a pretty cool cover, right. except, you know, and I, I didn't even notice the, like their shadows have their kind of like, um, they're 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 superhero. Yeah, like, right. but also I I didn't realize both of them currently have like a war within themselves going on kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it says the like one milligram thing on the cover is a little like yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, you know for issue one. Um, I also uh, I'll let me tell you the one time during this book that I was like maybe I'd read this book is when Jamie Madrox. It becomes one of the characters because mm -hmm. I think multiple man is very cool. And I like when he like has like multiple areas of expertise, like introduced in Peter David's Madrox series, you know, that um, I think really ratcheted my interest in Madrox up a lot. Right. Um, the corporate nature of it really annoys me. And in contrast to Hyperion, where I'm supposed to be annoyed by his, by his like kind of worldview, the, these people doing their corporate -y things, um, many times I'm like, ah, oh, people doing corporate -y things. <laughs> so I'm bothered by this. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And it, it was also, yeah, it was like not that quick moving. No. You know? I also don't know why the central conflict, like, yeah, we'll be able to work it so that you'll need, you, who's going to pay the bills? It's like, what mm -hmm. bills? They are a self-sufficient mutant society with all of the Krakoa stuff, not to mention the incredible powers of every one of their citizens. You know, who can, you need gold. One of those guys can make gold. You need something to eat. I'm sure you got a food guy yeah. around, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'd like to see is, uh, I have thought this would be cool for a while. Like, what if the world was actually changed by, you know, there's like weather people that make their living by, making sure there's good weather places, you know, like that. Right. That'd be cool. Also kind of, kind of doesn't make sense why weather wizard robs banks. Do you know how much he could charge for like sunny days? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, that's a very interesting point, right? That's I actually a that. very good point. <laughs> yeah. Like billions yeah. of dollars he could make around the world, just like yeah. renting out weather or averting disasters if he but he wouldn't even have to do that you know if he didn't want to yeah, yeah averting so many the, of them <laughs> averting the disaster i mean but but yeah think about it yeah i just thought about that man uh-huh some some baseball team you want to make sure the world series doesn't get rained out 
boom, that's like $3 million a game. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. yeah see, they're not thinking. They're not I thinking. I know, right? See, they're that's right. why they're small time. That, that, <laughs> that is exactly why yeah. they're small time. You know what? I actually, one time, I had this idea. Yeah, fuck this book. I had this idea. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about something interesting. (laughs) I had this one, this this idea once of doing a uh, a comic book series about a a town in Kansas City, right? Mm -hmm. That this brainiac type villain, right, um, takes over the town, but. Before the heroes, you know, find out that he's taken over the town, he has turned it into such a utopia ah, that everybody who lives in the town is prospering because mm. he's, you know, found like whatever, you know, type of industrial, you know, mm. um you know, a uh, 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 thing that they've got going on that he can, you know, like maximize the potential. You maximize exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So much so that when the heroes come, they not only the the people pretty much are like, no, we're good. Yeah, we're we good. Know. Like, you know, we found out of, already that we are being, you know, that Brady right. is here. You know, <laughs> it's pretty good. And not only does it become so cool, but then. He starts marketing his town to other villains that, yo, Mm -hmm. as long as you as long as you go straight, we can use your skills to help beef up this town so that like by like issue 10, the town has a legitimate claim to making themselves their own state. Within hmm. Kansas, I had this whole hmm. thing kind of like mapped out and shit, right? Yeah, it was like real dope, and like you know, and like all of a sudden, like villains are going good. Or like yo, they're they're applying for jobs in this. Maybe town. other nearby towns would want in on the action. You know, exactly. Dog, yeah. it was it was like you it, conquer by incentivizing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really, really like more. I think about it. Sometimes I, I, I return to it in my head i'm like yeah this is really kind of dope it's man. An interesting tale yeah yeah it's pretty dope this book however x corp not as interesting not as interesting <laughs> did you I, so I walked away did you guys just talk about another book you like instead of no this? we talked about books that we might like to see exist let, let yeah i, I talked about this whole book which, idea yeah. i had <laughs> um, but this book, other comics related sort of questions and queries why weather wizard does what he does Exactly. This book, first of all, this falls victim to one of the the main things, gripes that I have about the X-Men books. Mm -hmm. And I know, I don't know, I talk about it all the time. I hate the lettering of the X-Men books. Oh, the lowercase. I hate it. And especially... universe style. And especially in a book like this where it is so text-heavy and it is so dry, Mm -hmm. that's another reason why it becomes so hard to read. Like, because it's like, oh, man, I'm, like, reading a book and this is putting me to sleep, you know? (laughs) Um, Now, I'm not – I'm not well-versed in – in uh, Penance, uh, Monet Saint Croix's uh, character. I mean, yeah. I know about her, but I really I didn't they know. were two different people. Was that like everyone thought that at one time that Penance and Monet were like 
two I separate had, characters. I had um, absolutely no idea. Okay. <laughs> but so, so, so this was really probably the most I've ever read of her. Like I've <laughs> seen her in other books, but this book is decidedly she's Generation X, right? That was her. Right. I you, think but so. But you didn't read that? Yeah. yeah I, no, I ain't care. See, I did. And I was into it back in the day, but it's. It was of his time. It was of his time. You know, I mean, come on. Generation X was just X-Men trying to be Gen X, you know, yeah. from Image. I mean, That's it's right there. It's right there. Exactly. And the but, first um, issue, the first cover was a foil cover, as I recall. Right. Yeah. So, but this would be my introduction to this character. Not my introduction, but yeah. like the most I've read of this character. I thought her characterization was interesting hmm. but it was wrapped up in this boring piece of I don't give a fuck <laughs> so I was like just didn't give a fuck like I even liked what they did with Jamie Matrox in here I did like that but it's wrapped in this book like I don't give a fuck about so like I don't care and the angel I could never care less about the angel <laughs> I wish somebody would put that would cook that boy so quick man I can't stand the angel the angel is boring you like angel <laughs> Nobody likes Angel. There's nothing to do with the fucking character. That's why everybody clowns him. He's a jerk. He was a jerk. He was a jerk when he was with uh, um up uh, uh what's his name? Apocalypse. He, not Apocalypse. Whatever. The, uh, um, whatever the big book. Yeah, Apocalypse. Whatever. Yeah, Apocalypse. That's when he yeah. got with the metal wings and the blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was a jerk then too. Like well, he, he was the horseman uh, of death at the time. So I step away and we're just we're just dropping hot takes. Yeah. Hot takes about we're takes dropping about, uh, du- we're dropping deuces on X Court. That's what we're doing. <laughs> it was, it, it's a great idea, but this was a very boring book to read. It's boring. It's boring. And I, I believe it's I believe it's only a mini series too. So it's just like five issues of this corporation stuff. I don't know yeah. if I'd be able to handle it. I hate, look. It, there's there's somebody out there that this is like perfect for. Sure. It's just, I don't. Yeah. Know, it's just not me. Somebody who likes corporate maneuvering and mutants. Yeah. Get this book like like that. Yeah. Wa- somebody that watches um, book uh, watches TV shows about awful awful conglomerate owners yeah. and how they cheat yeah. everyone. This is the this is the X Men book for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. That's yeah. exactly what this is. This is you know, like, like this is like a- maneuverings and rollouts and yeah PR stuff well there's there's I was gonna say there's a contingent of of entertainment that does that incredibly well there's shows like succession and Mm -hmm. and documentaries about all that jazz and that like even the social network the all of the like the second half of that movie just super fascinating but I but I it was when I was working in a movie theater and not going to watch movies but uh I don't I don't really I care about like I, I this is like this this whole series could have just been like an interstitial or a scene in a different X-Men book. That's what they yeah. should do with their black and white interstitials. That, just do like, that's, honestly, that's half of the X-Men line right now. Like it's yeah, just, true. it's just taking one idea yeah. and just going forward for 12 to 25 issues. And like, all right, yeah. if it's, if the, but the, the, the thing about it is like, if the core idea is not for you, then that's just a series I'm not reading. Right. right. That being said, I will say that this is good art. The artwork. The art is good. I agree. There have not. There has. I. I other than Fallen Angels, which we don't talk Ooh. about. Yeah, we don't talk about the Fallen. There Angels. has not been a single X book that has not been competently put together. Yeah, that's true. All, yeah. all of the all of the creative teams have been top notch. Like Marvel is putting effort and money into mm-hmm. the X universe. Yeah. So it's like as soon as these 
books launch, there is a high level expectation of this will be like the, the it's just going to be, it's going to be good baseline. And then mm-hmm. whatever they explore is what's going to be like where your mileage varies. Mm-hmm. No, co- no corners cut. No. Uh, but anyway, um, I, I, I have missed the last half hour of the show for the most part because it's busy here. And while it's quiet, I'd like to say goodbye to everybody. That makes sense. We are, right? Yeah, I think we're done. So we'll, yeah, we're, we're winding down. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to read the closing because I'm not good at this. There's a prepared closing. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I wrote a whole script that just gets ignored at all times. Yeah. You guys don't even look at the notes. It's cool. No. I do it for nothing. forget that they exist. <laughs> um so be sure to like this is why we're, this is why we're george and ringo yeah we don't look <laughs> they were pretty successful too lynn i mean i think their lives turned out okay it's all right you, uh, you know who they kicking. are <laughs> um anyway be sure to like and subscribe write about us in your diary do that thing where you write your first name and our last name in cursive and see how they look together just be sure to like us everywhere that you can turn on notifications don't miss when we go live which is typically every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, but also we'll be kicking back up into our normal um, stream of events uh, every Tuesday, opening uh, unboxing of uh, this week's books, um, Thunder Rounds. Just be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe. Hit the bell notification so you know when we post new content. Is our Um, last name in this case podcast? Cold Pop Podcast? So they'll write like... Jonathan podcast. If yeah. Jonathan uh, but then else. they'll do, cool. they'll hyphenate and do middle names of just like Brian. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 It's cute. I've seen people's journals. I like that. I hope they put a little heart for the eye. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, be sure to remember to email us, ask us questions, join us in the live stream to just chat about these things. If you want to actually send us pages of your journal where you've, drawn hearts and faces that'd be cool too i'd appreciate that just take a picture um you don't have to send us the original pages yeah (laughs) follow us on other social medias and let us know uh uh what you guys think and and have fun with us on a weekly basis my name has been noel uh brian where can the people find you i'm at brianleadesign.com and on the streets of the world sometimes when i walk around with a mask yes or not a mask it depends on how many people are around and what the prevailing conditions are I love it. Yeah. Len. Hey, what's up? You can holler at me on all the social medias at uh, the Bat Tribble, as well as uh, check out my podcast, The Me Show Mission Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. Uh, Len, how is that spelled? Because it's not how one might think, right? Me Show was spelled M I C H E A U X. Excellent. Mission is spelled in a normal way. Um, <laughs> like M I X X I O N. Also, I, I it, it should be noted things have been very um, not weird, but just all over the place the last two weeks. There's been a lot of movings and a lot of this mm-hmm. and a lot of that. So we're we're getting back on a normal schedule, including book club and mm-hmm. our next evening hangout. We're going to figure out what that is offline, and as soon as we know, everyone will know. And please join us at that time with a cocktail. And we'll we'll yes. have a good time. But other than that, thank if you, you guys have any so suggestions much. for book club. Feel free to send them, and we will feel free to do one in of the them. emails. Man, yeah. that's where they belong. Yeah. In the emails. But anyway, yes, yes. Um, thank you for spending the last two plus hours with us. We really really appreciate it. Love everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. 
Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. 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 Yeah.